1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar
2: 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
3: Staying in to watch the sport? Let us
2: cook. Get your Maccas favourites delivered with McDelivery.
4: Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve.
3: Good afternoon. Welcome in to the Run Home on SENZ on Monday the 11th of June. We're about to rock and roll before we get into the All Blacks, because I know everyone's going to want to get into the All Blacks. Can I just say a big bravo to Ireland? Uh, we have to appreciate what they've done. History-making performance over the All Blacks. First time winning a test in New Zealand. We don't like to see it, uh, but bravo to the Irish for coming over and doing it and sending this series into a decider. Beve, welcome in. How's the bunker at Waiuku today?
1: You're yeah, fantastic! Just made it back in time. We've been up in the Phew. been up been up in the big smoke actually. Kirst, around oh. your part of the world uh, working uh, with the with the clubhouse rescue and
3: made well, it where back. have you been today?
1: Uh, Pepper Toy Toy, yeah. Oh, is,
3: it, is that the softball club?
1: That's the softball club.
3: Oh, brilliant!
1: So, uh, we're sending a few out to left field. Were and, you just? Uh, yeah, just sending a few. Were you
3: getting like a a kid to to throw to you? <laughs>
1: I chaired Ray, who's an all-time legend of the Pepper Toy, Toy Club. He's uh, oh come on, over, you weren't
3: hitting them all then.
1: He's pitched over 50 years no. My goodness,
3: were the they fast?
1: Art, oh, fast, but the speed wasn't the issue. It was what he can do. Like I thought, oh. baseball other guys that can do about a million different pitches. Yeah, Ray Ray was taking me through it. My word.
3: So what were he, you? What sort of pitches are you doing? Top spin? Are you curving? What are you doing?
1: There were curves, but there were the ones that really got me were the, <laughs> the rises. And I didn't think so, you could do that. Like, you can make the ball go from normal height and it rises. And
3: then does it drop before it gets to you?
1: No. No, no. It rises on your late. And ah. I didn't think you could do that by doing an But he So how these... do you
3: judge the ball? Oh, yeah. You guess. <laughs> that's,
1: that's the upper hand of the pitcher, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, uh, and because he noticed that I had a bit of a, what you'd call a golf swing, um, he just wanted to get inside me. So I He kept coming close to my body.
3: How fast were these coming at you? I'll
1: have to ask Ray tomorrow. I'm back there tomorrow. I'll have to get him. He'll know if Cookie does. Okay. Um, But uh, a lot of Who's this
3: legendary Ray? Bring him on the program so we can have a chat.
1: We'll get Ray on the program. Is
3: Is he a softballing legend in New Zealand?
1: Well, because he's been pitching for the Papatoetoe Club since he was 14, and he's into his 60s now. Wow. So I imagine, I imagine still apparently still plays for a senior team. So wow. uh, absolute champion. But uh, he was actually shy on TV, so I'll find out if, what his radio stance is. Mm.
3: Mm. Bring him but on. Good We'd love to have him.
1: Absolutely. Well, well, sounds
3: like a good day. How was your weekend, Beef?
1: Oh, wonderful weekend. I uh, I took the opportunity now... It's not like I'm going to cheat on Hamilton's best tourist attraction, but for people going to Hamilton anytime soon, there's something else to do as well as the gardens now, and I'm talking of the highest echelon.
3: What? No, you're cheating on the Hamilton Gardens. You can't. You are the official ambassador for the Hamilton Gardens, remember? Paid up, part of the club. You and well, Ross Taylor.
1: Oh, ba- am <laughs> Roscoe, a big fan too. I'm about to get another ambassadorship because – The Hamilton Zoo has long been talked about in my circles. Oh, it's a good zoo. It's a good zoo. And I always used to think, come on, guys.
3: Auckland will be where it's at. Auckland's
1: obviously an an international zoo. Hamilton, I mean, it's so far from places such as Africa, where some of these majestic animals are coming from. (laughs) It just can't be. But oh, my word, curse the Hamilton Zoo blew my mind.
3: What about it? What animals? What did they have?
1: Oh, all the big names, your rhinos, your giraffes, your zebras, your cheetahs, your tigers, your chimpanzees, they are all there.
3: How do they handle the conditions in Hamilton?
1: And it's—and honestly, the great thing about it is it's out in the Waikato farmland. It's a fair bit, like, you know, the bases, obviously. You're, yeah. you're a female that likes to shop. Yeah. where well, you go, you get to the base, and you just go west. And you go west about 10 or 15 minutes out towards Raglan, sort of area. And you come across it, and it is just. Beautifully spaced out. You know how you go to zoos, you always want the animals to have, you know, a oh. bit of a a bit of a similar situation to their natural habitat. They got so much room out there. And the other thing that I guess different to Auckland and zoos such as Tokyo that I've been to, is you're not having to fight millions to get to your viewing platform. You can literally be close encounters. We were there when the giraffe was having a peck on its grass and lunch and oh. we were literally a meter away from this four metre animal. I knew it was four meters because it was a measuring device that you could put yourself up against it, uh, and the kids were just goofing, absolutely. So, who,
3: who enjoyed it more? Be honest, you or oh, the kids?
1: Oh, it was a it was a it was a pretty near run thing. I think I might have just enjoyed it more, just because I just can't stand crowds in those situations. And to be one of probably thirty, forty people walking around Hamilton Zoo on Saturday afternoon, maybe because it was pretty, it was pretty frosty. Uh, our kids were rugged up to the nines. But uh, the kids loved it. Jacko, emotional when he had to leave the rhinos. The rhinos were his favourite. But uh, Liv was certainly the giraffes. The view we got on the giraffes lunch was uh, was first class.
3: Well, um, if you're talking about chelly beef, uh, you wouldn't have wanted to be down in Dunedin on Friday <laughs> and Saturday because I was just told by a local um, who's here in the office. He's made the trip up, uh, usually down in our South Island office, goes by the name of Pipes, that oh, those yeah. were the two <laughs> coldest days they have had in Dunedin.
1: Just happened to be
3: the worst ones.
1: And even Pipes, he was feeling it, was not Oh,
3: he took his mum and dad to the game, who are in their 70s, and he said uh, his mum wasn't having it. She was rugged up, and it was awful. That stadium, like it's an amazing stadium if you've been down to the glass house or if you haven't, um, with the roof, of course, so it blocks you from the rain. Uh, But if you're in either end, stand, so if you're in the zoo or you're in the one opposite to that, which usually they don't have seats there, but on this occasion they did, it's like a wind tunnel. It is like being in Antarctica, and the wind is just shooting through you. And you know when you've got the former All Blacks captain wearing a beanie, gloves, and with a blanket over his lap, drinking a hot chocolate. It's got to be cold because he's I, from Christchurch.
1: I was going to say, I'll keep Rito aside here, but a few of your oh, you don't al- want to get stuck alumni, into his attire. A few of your alumni needed to hand their man card back with some of their attire that was on Sky TV. Okay, what
3: was wrong with it?
1: I saw leather gloves. Um, I saw mittens on one of my co grinsmen. I texted him and said, Michael wants his mittens back. Um, And I think I saw scarves. And yeah, look, I wore a scarf in Japan and in England, but there's no way I'd ever wear a scarf back in uh, the homeland. But a couple of things there, cursed. If you're in the end of the zoo, I don't think you're feeling the cold.
3: Well,. Here's our problem Obviously we weren't there for enjoyment purposes
1: <laughs> Oh so that's where you guys were set up
3: So um, instead of having The whiskey in our cup to warm us up We had yes. the hot chockey. And that was the first problem
1: Yes I was going to say The kids in the zoo I Oh I saw that They were
3: wearing skirts Bikinis. Above their knees <laughs> Yeah and they were warm Warm as anything <laughs>
1: And secondly, the glasshouse. Can we get the glasshouse to catch on? I haven't heard it referred to as that. It wouldn't be great if we have a cake to Nana glasshouse.
3: The glasshouse or the lunchbox, they call it, right?
1: Glasshouse. How good. I like that. Mm, mm. That, needs to be the, that needs to be what it's called. Forget Foresight Bath. So, so I mean, you, wonderful to have sponsorship, of course. So you but, were the uh, one
3: texting Anton Leonard Brown about his mittens with his cut-off fingertips. <laughs> Look, he was the oh. coldest one there. Marshy was absolutely fine. He's used to the, the chilly weather, so he was fine. Oh, a, bought him oh, a Obviously, Sir John Kerwin was a little bit cold. Why He had yes. the beanie, the scarf, and the gloves on.
1: The leather ones. But, but of you've course, just JK. got to look after That's yourself, B. <laughs> you've
3: just got to look after yourself in those situations.
1: Was it a safety issue? Did it become a safety issue? It? it
3: genuinely became a safety <laughs> issue. As soon as we'd finished the build-up, and this is no word of a lie... Jeff Wilson had, a, like, a brain freeze and a migraine from the wind just pouting him in the side of the head. But like, about, when you just can't even think because your brain is so cold.
1: You talk about Marshy. Goldie was born about 20 k. Yeah, down Yeah, but ranch. he's been living in Auckland, hasn't he? <laughs> too long. He's been there too long. Well... I tell you what, you guys, you guys, I, I was thinking I felt sorry for you, but I had imagined by in about 12 o'clock. the comforts
3: o- of your manor in Waiuku, <laughs> in the man oh. cave, with the heater blasting and a few grins on tap.
1: I was going to say, by 12 o'clock. would you o'clock, rather be, beef Oh, uh, come on, you guys, by 12 o'clock, you're all the gloves are off, the scarves are off, you're down to one one layer and you're roaring around the octagon, no doubt.
3: Uh, well, one of your teammates, or former teammates, I should say, was, uh, and a few others weren't allowed. <laughs> but we won't name names there.
1: Well, it was even a, a you will.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Right, coming up on the show today, thanks to Mick Delivery, uh, BSI, it's a great one today, Beaver Sees It, Kareem of the Crop, of course, we talk about the Northern Hemisphere clean sweep over the weekend and the new rugby rankings. Plus, after five o'clock, Beaver runs through his notepad, his handy-dandy notepad that he uses sitting in front of the TV. He didn't have to watch a replay this weekend. He was attentive. He didn't he run into sober. any of his former teammates at halftime uh, and not make it back down to uh, his mates that he went with. Today, he was in front of the TV, so he's got all the notes from the game for us. Uh, plus, we chat to Alan Quinlan, former Irish international, who, of course, is in New Zealand with Sky Sport UK. Uh, about that fabulous performance from Ireland, or maybe it wasn't. Would love to hear from you. What did you think? Uh, after six o'clock, Brett Phillip joins us to chat Wimbledon, to chat Nick Kyrgios, of course, and Novak Djokovic. Fourth straight Wimbledon, pretty remarkable. Uh, and Drive to Survive have got a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher up for Graves before we round out the show with a little bit of cricket. That's the Makers menu, thanks to Mick Delivery. Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Makers favourites delivered with Mick Delivery. Beav, your turn.
1: Yeah. This is how Beaver sees it. Cut. Cursed for me, we're getting very close to the point that cards, yes, cards, are ruining our beloved game of rugby. And I'm not just talking straight off the bat the physical side of things. First of all, the time it takes to give a card, the process of the TMO contacting the ref, the ref contacting whoever's in charge of chucking on the big screen the midfield meeting it's just killing the moments. it's killing the speed, it's killing the flow you literally have time to go to your kitchen have a cup of tea, maybe grab another beer if that's what you're after but the time it's taking to give these things out is ruining it at the moment and then you can't avoid it, the other topic of the card situation that's ruining rugby is what the card's getting given for the head stuff. I'm all for safety, I really am, and we've got to have kids playing the game. But it's time to sign waivers, people. The Leicester situation. Seriously? What man is jumping in the midair and isn't going to just put his arm in front of his ribs to avoid something smashing into his ribs? It's just a natural reaction. And suddenly he's got 10. And then we get to Angus Ta'aval's situation. Well, he's 130 clicks, he's been told all week to bring line speed, a late change on him, and he just has a head clash. It's not a red card. And furthermore, getting away from the head contact stuff, I, as Kirst said, had quite an astute Saturday night watching rugby, so I've actually watched the English game for a large percentage of it. And the Australian winger got sinbid for, I'm telling you, he was going for an intercept. There's knockdowns, and then there's intercepts. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to say, the referee and the TMO have never played a game of rugby in their life. If they believe that that was a slapdown. I mean, I love rugby, but we are getting very, very close to the point that we're going to ruin this thing, this great product we have, if we keep giving out cards. Willy nilly. Easy, easy.
3: Well, Tim's just messaged through. Let us start and finish with the cricket. Everything else is irrelevant. Unfortunately, we can't do that today, Tim. So call us up 0800 150 811. Do you agree with Beef? Are these cards ruining rugby? Have we gone too far? Is it too late? And where do we go from here? Do you call these referees up, Beef? Do you have a conversation with them?
1: Well, honestly, the Australian and England referees, the TMO and the guy in the middle, I didn't know his name, they shouldn't be allowed anywhere near Rugby Field again. If if go back and check out, I oh, forget the replacement winger for Australia's name, he's usually a Isaiah Parisi. Parisi. He came on and he was gutted when he first did it because he's like, oh, I missed out on an intercept there. His hand was going up, his palm was facing the sky. Like a deliberate knockdown has been the complete opposite. And that's why I say these people have never played the game because... That's just feel for the game gone horribly wrong. And then obviously, I'm sure it's been talked to death today and I'm sure we're going to get some more talk about it. But these head stuff, like seriously.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was sitting next to Karen Reid and he he just said Angus wouldn't have even known that he got a red card. He was so out of it, wasn't he? How, how's that fair? He yeah, knocks himself I mean, out and he gets sent off for the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, but like if it was a flying headbutt, sure, send him off. Yeah, But this is just a big man trying to make a tackle – And unfortunately, technically no mitigating circumstances. Will you try being that size, bringing line speed and a late cut on you and having the time to then dip and then launch a tackle? It's impossible. And honestly, the scariest thing is we could have a situation where there's a Rugby World Cup final if we carry on like this and it could be a 13 versus 12. We can't
3: have that. Can you imagine how much people pay for tickets to a Rugby World Cup final? For that oh. to happen, the game to be ruined in the first 20 minutes. We cannot and, have that, can we?
1: No, and I was, and to be honest with you, I was dead against this whole replace a red card thing after 20 minutes. But if you get a situation like you did with Angus where it is a completely ridiculous red card in the first place and we're only doing it because to the letter of the law we have to send him, which like I, I, I felt for the referee on Saturday night because he was just referring what he has to ref. He wasn't making things up. He just had to ref like that. And then but back to the 20-minute thing. The 20-minute thing now actually has some relevance because why should a team... You're ruining a spectacle. We talk about if it was a rugby world cup final. You imagine doing everything to get to a rugby world cup final and you're playing with 14 because you get a circumstance like Angus's... Um, and the weekend, it's it's just, it's gone too far, cos.
3: Well, we want to hear from you. So pick up the phone 0800 811 or flick us a text double eight double three. What did you make of the All Blacks' performance? What did you make of the referees' performance over the weekend? Uh, Dave joins us from Palmy Dave, how are you going?
5: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. They... It's, Chad used to say the sun will come up. Well, it hasn't come up over oh, the whole country today, has it?
3: That's right. That's for
5: real. Uh, um have did spot on with these, these cards. They're out of control. And um, the TAB used to offer 12 bucks for a red card. On the weekend, they were only offering 5 That's That says it all. But I do think the referee in the, the, game, the weekend before, he had a couple of things to look at. He asked the TMO and he says, I've seen enough and the game got on. Chaco Piper, you know, he wanted to be the most important man on the field, unfortunately. And we were were at the uh, receiving end. And And I did see the Aussie one. Yep, sorry, babe.
1: No, sorry, you carry on about the Aussie one.
5: I saw the Aussie one as well, and he was just trying to get the ball. It's just ridiculous.
1: (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I was was blowing up the Lux. Uh, But mainly... I've got a scene we've got you on the line, Dave. Obviously, I was pretty cock-a-hoop after the Japan result, um, but I apologise. I got the other two horribly wrong, and for that, I ask for your forgiveness. No, to be
5: fair, beef you only got the other one wrong by half a point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, you know, so that's, you know, it's a close second, but, uh, yeah, hey, no-one saw that coming. Jeez, if you had the three um, Northern Hemispheres and under,
3: you would have been doing pretty well. <laughs> yes, you would have. Dave, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Uh, we've got Brett joining us on the line as well. How are you today, Brett? Nope, we don't have Brett, but that's OK. We've got not Beaver, good. and it's that's all good. that matters. <laughs> <laughs> we've got plenty of texts coming in as well, 0800 150 811. We'll take your calls right after this. Well, everyone's got an opinion on the All Blacks. Everyone's entitled to an opinion on what you thought of their performance on the weekend. Maybe if you're like Bea, you're sick of uh, the officiating, 8883 would love to hear from you. I'll call us up on 0800 We've got Dean on the line from Dunedin. Dean, were you at the match?
6: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, to be fair, we had a, a fantastic opening of the placemakers. Carisbrook on Friday night, so there was quite a few notable Otago and all-black dignitaries there, to be brutally honest, and I rang early in the day and said the highlight for me for the night was, talking to them all, and they're, all they're all really concerned about 3-7, and these are guys that played a whole lot of tests,
7: mm.
6: all concerned about Rico Ioane at 13, but for me, the absolute highlight was, I, I was fortunate enough to have a yarn to Andy Leslie about the old World Series softball and said so I'd love to see him up there and he said, well actually Dean we're, we're having a reunion but he said it's getting a bit sad, we can't even field a team, there's only five of us left but he was in the very first World Series team and a very good all black captain so it was damn good night and at the end of the day you got to just tip your hat to the Irish they played the way we used to play if you're allowed to say that you know just they just wanted it more and that's getting sad and to be brutally honest if we rank four in the world we're damn near lucky to be there
1: yeah dean i mean what you're saying there at the end there like yes i just had a rant about the cards and for me it's it's terrible the state of the cards but the cards had no effect on the result to be fair absolutely i thought the irish were outstanding and Irish would have won against 18 All Blacks. You know they they were very good on Saturday night. It wasn't the cards that lost the All Blacks the game. It was the fact that Ireland were on another level compared to the All Blacks on Saturday in Dunedin.
3: So do you agree with Dean Beeve that Ireland just wanted it more? Are you questioning oh, the attitude?
1: No, like, I'll never, I'll never question the word "want." Like for me, I'll never question this and that as far as want. Um, I just it's a funny thing to say. Well no it's a you can't you can never just you can never justify the want yes I think this there becomes a level of intent that sometimes teams will just get to a level emotionally that they just can't be beaten and you know when you're in a team like that you know on a Monday or Tuesday you could be going up against whoever and you just know you're going to win on the weekend because you can just sense it and from what I've been reading the last couple of days andy Andy Farrell mm-hmm Yes, Andy Farrell. There's so many Farrells that are coaches. You know, I was thinking of the cricket coach there for a second. Oh, Andy Flower, sorry. Very <laughs> close. Um, he, his attitude and his, his opinion after the game was very confident and very, no, nah, we're not far away. And then even when you talk to Bossy during the week, he said they're nah, the same team but just look stronger this week. And I'm thinking my little mate from Tokara off his head. <laughs> He's off his head because how does the same team bar one winger look a better team but he just felt – They were all fitter, as in they weren't backing up from the mouldy game. They just would have been a week earlier, you know, just a bit more zest in them. And sure enough, they were unbelievable.
3: Which makes things interesting with another match tomorrow, right? That is their fourth match. And I know not everyone's (laughs) playing, but their fourth match in 13 days. And everyone, when Ireland came to New Zealand, everyone said, if they're going to win one, it'll be the first match. Well, here they are, winning Test 2.
1: Well, the funny thing is I can't remember if it was you or Kim who said it last week. If they we said whoever was if it was one all in this test series, there'll be fifteen guys going out there in Wellington, and you fifteen are going to play eighty minutes because no one will be getting risked in this multi game that's going to play on Saturday night. They might not even strip twenty three, who knows? They might just they might just say you guys can do what you' got to do.
3: It's a quick turnaround uh, for some of those players that would have been celebrating or uh, the extended squad members in Dunedin as well. we uh, we' we'll still have plenty more to come on the Run home News and sport next, and then we're going to jump into some of your great text messages.
4: I think the game's gone out of control. I think the game's out of control. Um, yeah, we saw the New Zealand Island Test. You know, at one stage, the commentators couldn't count how many players were on the field. Seriously, and they had three backs packing a scrum. Like we've got we've got it, we've we've gone the full hog, um, where everything's a yellow card, everything's a red card, and there needs to be some common sense come back into the game, because. If, if you're following a team or you're supporting a team or you're watching a game of rugby and it, and the numbers are changing all the time, you know, we're supposed to have a 15. If we want to play 14 aside, let's just... Like, I asked the referee today how many ye- re- yellow and red cards he had in his pocket. So I picked up his pocket and had a look. How many he had? He had plenty. Um, but he didn't use so many of them today. But he used enough of them. Yeah, I think we've gone gone too far.
3: Wow. That was the head coach of England, Eddie Jones, talking sense. It's not often that you can say that about Eddie Jones, but he was over the weekend. What do you make of that, Beave, after your BSI? And Nick has just texted in, what do you think refs can go with, or where do you think refs can go with this card business before the World Cup? Do they let refs use discretion or bring in the 20-minute red card rule, Beav?
1: Well, Nick, unfortunately, and we've talked about this before, the refs don't have the option of discretion. If the refs want to progress their own careers, they have to read it to the letter of the law because they are judged on a certain criteria and if you go outside that, then you just don't get you just don't get elevated. You don't get big test matches. And unfortunately I mean, it's almost like a corporate world where you've got to scratch the right backs. And scratching the right backs means referring it to the law, the letter of the law. If Yako had gone out there on Saturday and said, you know what? Leicester Fainuku is protecting himself. That's not a card. He'll get torn to shreds in his review and he won't get another big game. If he had said, oh, Angus is 130 clicks and he's going at pace, what was he supposed to do? I'm just going to penalise him here. He can't go anywhere with that. So discretion's not a thing. You've got to realise the Melbourne Hemisphere is in charge of the global game. And they want things to a letter of the law and they want it refereed that tightly that the days of having a Paddy O'Brien, for example, or even a Steve Walsh, you know, who just would wave almost wave his hands in the air and go, you know, play on, you know. Those days are gone. You have to be so regimented in how you ref. I just feel sorry for referees. Like I was watching it there on Saturday night, and the wife was going, oh, this is a bit ridiculous. I go, to be honest with you, it's not the ref's fault. The refs have to ref like this. You'd like to think... So it's the rules? Tra-
3: it's the rules. So, how do you, so do we change the rules then?
1: Well, five years ago we weren't refereeing like this around the head.
3: So where's the balance? Because you understand why they're doing Wabers, it. They're doing it for player Kirst. safety. You don't want players to be knocked out, like we saw Angus yeah, uh, no, and Ringrose on the weekend. You don't want that. You don't want parents to not let their children play because of what they're seeing. So where is the balance here between common sense and player safety? There must be. There must be a middle ground here that's not ruining the game of rugby.
1: Well, Chris, here's another one here from Goose, and then I'll get into that. Beve, do you think rugby has gone this way with the cards due to pressure they are under under the whole litigation stuff around Carl Heyman and others? I think that has a massive to play with it. They don't want a multi million dollar lawsuit like the NFL had. They just they just don't want that. Now, for me and you know, like I I get like I'm doing some stuff with, as you are, Kirst, doing stuff with the Rugby Foundation, and they and they talk about making the game safer, and you know trying to avoid these horrific injuries that can happen because of rugby, and I'm absolutely behind that. Like we don't want these silly injuries, but there are there's an amateur game and there's a professional game, and this professional game comes under entertainment, and I believe that if you've been asked, the entire professional game, hey guys, here's a waiver. I want you to sign it and say you understand the risk around your heads and you understand that you're playing a hell of a combat sport these days against specimens who are only going to get bigger, stronger, faster. I would be surprised if 100% of the playing professional playing game population didn't sign it. I'd be staggered. Like For me, and it's easy for me to say now I'm retired and all the rest and of it. And you don't have
3: any problems with dementia or head issues and, or anything like I, that where some of I, these – Props and frontliners do.
1: Yeah, but I, I, if you if you asked Angus tomorrow when he's probably come too, would you do it all again tomorrow? I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Not obviously that sort of sickening injury, but if you're if you're trying to play this game, you we are bordering on a way where you can't play it physically, mm. and there goes some of the aspect of rugby. Like. I just think get to a point where I think Goose's text is one hundred percent. litigation now is becoming how we're deciding these rules. So, so they're
3: protecting themselves world rugby really.
1: Yeah, so let's get some let's get some waivers signed.
3: Which is ridiculous, isn't it?
1: It is ridiculous, but where else do we go to, or else do we go to a game which is not rugby.
3: So your solution is to get players to sign a waiver to say you know what's on the line when you're playing you know, the, a professional yeah. game of rugby, and then we can go back to the way that rugby was refereed before.
1: And, but not so, like, we're, not, we're not encouraging foul play here. No. We're uh, just obviously, you're
3: getting sent straight to the bin if, yeah. if that's what's happening.
1: If, but if there's accidental head knocks like we are seeing, that, for me, is not cards. It can't be. Just remember, Angus is the one that got sent off.
3: <laughs> that was nasty as well. That was, oh, yeah. that was nasty. That was an, a brutal, brutal collision. But no, just,
1: amount of, no amount of safety curse will stop something like that happen. It was just a freak. That. I know. And, and I'll tell you what, if me and you jumped up in the office today and you're running at me. And butted heads. Or tried, I've if, I you to out, my, if I tried to protect my ribs like Lester did, <laughs> it's a natural thing. It's natural. And yes, I, I, I know there's many a newsreader that doesn't want to have a scrap with you, and, and I'll join that list happily, Keith
3: Well, look, um, if you're talking about Leicester's and Caleb Clark was suspended for three weeks. Leicester hasn't even been Exa- cited.
1: Exactly the same thing, wasn't it? Hasn't been like, cited. When there's no difference. Got, when like absolutely no happened.
3: difference. One's in super rugby, one's in international level. So what happens there?
1: And no name, but the one of the of oh, oh, it was actually Nick's, He's, that's why I don't like the 20-minute red card, but this is where, as Nick said, the discretion of the ref to have that 20-minute red card.
3: Yeah, so but maybe- remember, they took that red card, 20-minute replacement rule, um, and they put it to a vote. Yeah, it got it away, voted apparently. out. He, <laughs> yes. he voted against it. Yes. So um, a lot of these Northern Hemisphere people in positions of power voted against it. They didn't want it. Yes. It was the Southern Hemisphere that wanted it. And that's why we kept it in Super Rugby. Hmm. So if it cost them a game of rugby, and when I say them, a team from the North, would they yes. have changed their tune?
1: So are you hoping that if we get to the World Cup and it's a Southern Hemisphere versus Northern Hemisphere final, that it comes home to roost? I like that curse. No, These I'm not. I'm not saying These that. I'm not.
3: Hey, this one's from Brendan, and you'll enjoy it. 100% agree with you, Beef. Uh, This is about the rules. Um, that's why rugby's dying and more people are playing other sports, which is sad. Uh, in fact, it's really sad. When you jump on Twitter halfway through a game like the weekend, you see people saying, I'm turning off and I'm watching the rugby league, which is not what we want. Uh, but the second part of his message, that first half took so long. Brendan drunk an entire bottle of red wine, but lucky he had some grins and the reserve for the second uh, half.
1: That's but a it's class you, act. That's a class act, and that is, that's, how you, that's how class is personified. You start with you know red wine, which in some ways is classy, but then you just go to the next level for a can of grins. Um, just on that, though, isn't it funny that rugby league, which for many is a more brutal sport because you are literally running into a straight wall to get kamikaze from either side of you, doesn't have this problem doesn't have this card thon and they have gone full noise on trying to protect people's heads. You know, you've know, got to give it to them. They were probably slow in getting there, but the last 12 to 24 months, they have gone so hard at this whole head thing, and yet I can't even think when I've last seen a or a or a proper head clash. Obviously, last State of Origin, there were some questions about uh, Isaiah Yeo's <laughs> recovery, but it's, it's just we haven't got the balance right
3: couple more messages, um, Beave. Don Henley from the Eagles caught at the Glasshouse, of course, Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin when they played. Damn. That one's from Brian. Bit of uh, knowledge for you, general knowledge, great knowledge. Beaver, Hamilton Zoo is world class. Took my oh. kids there 18 years ago. It was amazing then too. They still rate it as the best zoo in the world and they've seen a few. That's oh, cool.
1: Kimberley, sensational. Oh, oh, it's up there for me too now. It really is. One from Cookie. The gardens could be topped.
3: (laughs) The gardens have been topped. They have been topped and you will never be taking your children to the Auckland Zoo ever again. They'll have a lifetime membership at the Hamilton Zoo.
1: Funny enough, we may have purchased them a year subscription.
3: There you go. Weekly. (laughs) Beaver, I was gutted. The All Blacks lost, but more gutted. My $21 on the draw for South Africa against Wales didn't come in.
1: Cookie, it was funny, wasn't it? When I saw that South African team named... I didn't see it until late Friday, and I was like, "That's not a great-looking South African team." Twelve changes. There were names that I hadn't never heard of. Obviously, they play in the north now of a provincial team, so we don't always see them. But it yeah, was a, almost an unrecognisable Springbok team,
3: can I um, can I make an admission? And I almost felt guilty saying this.
1: No, hang on. I'll tell you what your admission is. Curse Stanway, put money on the <laughs> Irish. Did you? One <laughs> oh, to twelve. No. Oh, oh,
3: oh, no. Five dollars eighty-five. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. I didn't
3: want it to come through, but it was a, one of those safety bets. What do you call them?
1: Insurance. Uh, it
3: was my insurance bet. I did all sorts of power plays around Whoa. the All Blacks, and I just put a little bit of insurance just in case, you know, 1 to 12.
1: So, Am I a bad Kiwi? You work for Sky. <sighs> Sky and New Zealand Rugby Union have a relationship. So you're, you're cheating your employer now. That's where you've got to. Hey, look, I can't be the only
3: one. Did anyone else win money on that (laughs) match on the weekend? It wasn't the only bet that I won. Any side to lead at half-time by three points was paying $4, and hallelujah for Bodie's try. That's all I'll say.
2: Connor Murray gives it off to Carberry. And a famous Irish victory. Their first against the All Blacks in New Zealand. Their fourth overall and fully deserved Oh,
5: absolutely. They were disciplined. They were brave, clinical, plenty of heart. This man, oh, the captain was inspirational.
3: Yeah, Ireland, our cream of the crop this weekend, all thanks to GrainCorp Feeds, your trusted partner for quality feed, but not just Ireland. And what they did to the All Blacks in Dunedin was simply superb. But this week, it's a bit of an ode to the Northern Hemisphere's science because last week, the South beat the North up. It was a clean sweep. This week, the opposite. An entire weekend, Ireland beat the All Blacks. Wales beat South Africa for the first time in South Africa as well. England beat Australia. France beat Japan. Have they overtaken us, Beef? There was always this gap that people talk about when you're talking about the Northern and Southern Hemisphere sides. Has that gap closed? Have they overtaken us? I
1: wouldn't say overtaken. I think it's great for world rugby that this is happening. And I just... I still have my doubts about a few of these teams going to a World Cup. When it comes to the absolute World Cup, I still know that if I had to put a money on a hemisphere to win the World Cup, I know where I'd be putting my cash because Even though
3: we're going to the northern hemisphere for the yep, World Cup.
1: Yep, yep, because I think I think there's only probably England you could possibly trust to say yep, you'd be comfortable with saying they know how to win it. I just You don't trust France. No.
3: You don't no. trust Ireland?
1: No. Oh, hell no. No. Well, they just... You do know, you think
3: they, England is the team to beat for the World Cup next year?
1: I'm just saying... If the Northern to the Hemisphere Cup, side. Of, I, I don't think they're the best team in the Northern Hemisphere.
3: But, so who is then?
1: Well, it's France. But to win a World Cup, I just think it's different because it's all good to beat the All Blacks one-off. It's all good to beat
3: South Africa one-off. That's all you have to do in a semi-final or a final, though.
1: You've you got to do it three times, and you've got to know what you're playing for, and... Wales, Ireland, and I won't even put Scotland in the conversation yet. They, just they beat Argentina. Haven't... Yeah, they beat Argentina. Good. Uh, <laughs> they just haven't done it. They just haven't done it. And France are going to be under this weight of, they're going to go into it roaring hot favourite. They beat Japan by four points in the weekend, Kirst. You know, and yes, I know that Japan were a different beast in the weekend because they were planning for something greater – with obviously the shock news of their Prime Minister, their legendary Prime Minister passing. But that says where they're at. You know, so I just, if the World Cup's tomorrow, I'm still comfortable.
3: You're banking Southern.
1: I'm still comfortable with where my dollar would be on the Southern Hemisphere.
3: Are you comfortable everyone sitting there in your cars at home uh, on the farm wherever you're listening to us are you comfortable with where the southern hemisphere sides are sitting double eight double three that is our cream of the crop this week all thanks to graincorp feeds your partner for high quality dry and liquid dairy feed supplying farmers nationwide and i'm i'm glad i'm only a trader to one person that's on the breakfast show I feel like Hollywood... Phew. Andy's made me feel like not such a bad human after all. You can put insurance money on at the oh. TAB I'm talking about. Look, Andy had $50 on Island 1-12. to He said they were lucky in the first test. Whitelock was a big loss and couldn't believe they didn't start Will Jordan after his COVID. He's our best player, Andy, in Tottinger. Well, you would have been very happy with that 50 then, Andy. Well done. Well done to you for being brave.
1: Oh, oh, now now you're turning what some would say some listener called Izzy uh, called you a traitor. <laughs> Israel Dag. And now you're calling yourself brave. Okay. Um, interesting way you've twisted that. But uh, no, on Andy's text, text there, we'll dive into it more shortly, but White Lock, massive loss. Will Jordan, I could get because I thought the other two deserved another crack. But without a doubt, Will Jordan's one of our best players, but the comprehensive nature of the England victory uh, sorry this Eden Park victory deserved that crew to go again uh, Beaver you were right last week about the Test Orish Irish series it could get ugly for the host unfortunately uh, yes Steve you were right I was saying that this was going to be a massacre uh, and Tony's text in league players are coached how to tackle AB's were coached in first not second I wonder if that's Tony Kemp uh, from also from the breakfast show. We've got King
3: some Loptics. great breakfast listeners on. haven't <laughs> <laughs> We love
1: it. Uh, the Northern Hemisphere players don't seem to be doing high tackles. Maybe it's the way we are trained here from Brian. Yeah, who knows? Is that a point?
3: Is that a good point there, Beef?
1: They have a lot of league coaches up there. Maybe for the league tackling is
3: it? Andy Farrell.
1: Andy Farrell, another one.
3: Case in point. We'll be back shortly. This is The Run Home on SCNZ. Good evening. It is great to have you joining us. We're going to get into your text messages shortly. But before we do, just a quick break from the rugby uh, to shout out to our Black Caps, who just, just snuck home uh, and ensure that it was uh, one apiece between us and uh, Irish sports teams over the weekend. Thank gosh for Michael Bracewell.
1: I was going to say, had the Black Caps lost to the Irish in <laughs> Um, not only a you wouldn't weekend. want to be
3: going down to Danny Doolin's.
1: Uh, I mean, you can always get out in Danny's, I guess. But it would be concerning. It'd be even more concerning if the Black Caps lost to the Irish at cricket, as to our boys losing to Dunedin on Saturday night.
3: Oh, well, they almost did, beat. They almost did. I know. I know. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But well done to our Black Caps. Um, and Novak Djokovic, of course, winning Wimbledon fourth time, fourth straight time, seventh in total. Pretty incredible, twenty-one Grand Slams uh, now, just one behind the one and only Absolutely. Rafael Nadal.
1: <laughs> and Kirst, isn't it strange? And we live in the universe where I would say ninety-nine percent of the world was all on Djokovic, and usually everyone's cheering for whoever's playing Djokovic. But uh, I don't think anyone wanted to know the what life would be like if Beaver sees it from about Wednesday, came true when Nick Kyrgios was a Wimbledon champion.
3: Yes, uh, your bet unfortunately um, fell over on Thursday uh, when the great one pulled out. Um, But what about Kyrgios' latest attack from uh, the final, the woman that was giving him stick from the crowd that he said had had 700 drinks?
1: As, as we walked, over, talk about the contradiction in Australia, where he was king. He bro- was
3: drinking out oh. of the cups of the Australian fans. He was, he
1: was, he was enticing it when he was charging his way to a doubles victory against our great Kiwi. But now, when it's a little bit not quite how he wants it, um, just makes a song and dance about that it. That was his latest. Curious.
3: That was his latest, which I uh, thought was quite funny. Uh, and something that wasn't so funny uh, has been pointed out on Twitter, uh, and I think it was pointed out on The Breakfast Show this morning, Peter Omani yes. from the Irish side and has sledge to Sam Kane during that match. He was overheard saying, you're a, can you say the word, Yeah, shoot well, on radio? Yeah, I think you can say oh, shoot. Oh, you can. Of- I,
1: I can you say that
3: word or not? Yeah. Are you not allowed to? Okay. No, you well you're a shoot, Richie McCaw, pal. That was a sledge straight to Sam. Does Sam get that sort of stuff all the time? Or is that just is that no. just shit?
1: I couldn't imagine
3: he, I said it, he cert- sorry.
1: He certainly wouldn't get it in New Zealand, I'll tell you that, because you want to be able to back it up. No, but I mean that's 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 the level that they're at, Kirst. you know that not no sorry, that's the level of sport that they're at. You, that sort of stuff goes on, and um,
3: did anyone sledge you, Beef?
1: Well, just you're replaced, a shit DC, or yeah, just replace just replace Dan Carter. And, uh,
3: <laughs> did people actually used to say that to get under your uh, skin?
1: Oh, uh, mini would come and go like that.
3: I imagine that if someone was saying that to you in a test match, whether it was to you to Sam Kane or Hoover, that would fire you up, wouldn't it? You'd be like, "Well, screw you! I'm about to chop you in half."
1: Oh, hundred percent. But I mean, I I haven't got shoulders like Sam Kane, so they were pretty safe when they'd say it to me. But I mean, surely hey, you'd just send
3: Brodie down or something.
1: Well, unfortunately, I, my, my tenure never. Oh, they the never big crossed gutter. over. But no, I mean,
3: well, you have Brad Thorne and plenty others to choose from, didn't you? Yeah, Concrete exactly, shoulders.
1: Exactly, but no, it's just hey, that's I didn't hear it during the game, but that's just that's that level of sport
3: curse. So it's normal.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean that stuff goes on. I mean. So
3: you don't look at Peter now and think, well, you're a bit of a dick.
1: It is what it is. Okay. I mean, the, the, what happens on the field stays on the field. And, like, don't, don't. I mean, Sam would have shaken his hand after the game and said, well played. But don't for one minute think that it won't be in his head all week. You know, like, what goes around comes around, Curse. That's what I always said. You've got to be careful when you're going to sledge someone because you want to be able to back it up.
3: Good to know. Good to clear that one up. Coming up on the Macers menu, thanks to Mac Delivery, we're going to go through your messages. If you want to call us up and talk All Blacks, please do 0800 150 811. We've cleared out the next half an hour to read your texts, take your calls, and get Beavers notes on the test as well. Plus, at half past, we're going to get the Irish perspective and chat to Alan Quinlan. If you've got any questions for him, send them our way on double eight double three. After 6 o'clock, we chat Kyrgios, we chat Wimbledon, we chat Djokovic, uh, we chat the upcoming USO, in as well, all things tennis with our very own SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips and Drive to Survive fifty dollars TAB bonus bet voucher today. If you weren't brave enough like me and Andy, maybe you need a top up. Maybe you need that fifty dollars in your TAB account to put some money on this weekend. Listen out for your cue to call, and we chat a little bit of cricket before we go as well. That's your makers menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery, uh, but Bev, we'll get into these techs, shall we?
1: Absolutely. Um, curse I'm just thinking about the Mahoney text to um, Sammy Kane. Sammy's just lucky that he didn't get in the pubs. I used to get in the pubs or walking down the streets. So, I mean, he's got that to be thankful for. Oh, you used
3: to get it in the Octi, <laughs> did
1: you? Uh, yeah, I think in the Octi, I probably did get it at times. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, no, I think I think it adds to the drama, doesn't it? I think it's brilliant. I mean, no one, it happens knowing... in
3: all sport, doesn't it? It must no mean you're good, otherwise they wouldn't attack you, right? Percent. It means no you're can... good.
1: No one can wait to see that collision Ooh. in Wellington now. I mean, it's exciting.
3: It is exciting. Uh, just a couple of quick funny ones here. Only 700 drinks. Wow, another lightweight at Wimbledon.
1: Well, it's Pim's, of course. 700 <laughs> of, of Pim's. Of course. There's only Pim's going down there. Of Jeez, course. These a Pim's on the Wimbledon lawn. How good.
3: So it wasn't like Lord's when you could take in your chilli bin full of uh, grins or whatever you wanted to fill it with, beef.
1: No, you can't BYO at Wimbledon, unfortunately. <laughs>
3: Maybe they need to change that when you're talking about rule changes. Maybe that's a rule change they need to make. Uh, Steve Alker, another top five finish. And Shane Van Gisburn Bergen, uh, another one, rightly pointed out from Dave. Some Kiwis doing some good things. And in fact, Steve Alker will be on mornings with Ian Smith tomorrow morning.
1: Sensational. New Zealand's, geez, one of New Zealand's very best at the moment. Uh, Richard. Yes. Hi, Kirsty. I watched the breakdown while having lunch today and heard that if Ireland wins Saturday, they'll be the third after the box and wallabies to beat us in a series in New Zealand. Did the Lions win a series in the seventies?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. Did they? Would you know that, Beef?
1: No, I wouldn't. Not according heard... to
3: my statistician, but he yes. could be wrong. Happy happy to be proved wrong, um, well, if anyone well, knows that.
1: Well, Curse, hang on, we watched the breakdown on a Sunday night for the facts. So I would i I'd hate to think that the stats and the facts on the breakdown whatever. OK, be
3: well, right. we'll just say yes. The, an- <laughs> yeah. the answer is no. It, it is just two teams that have beaten New Zealand in a three-match <laughs> series in New Zealand.
1: Hey, I like this flood curse from Mike. Hey, Beaver, what Muppets have the poison chalice for officiating <laughs> next weekend? I want Wayne Barnes back. He seemed to be a calming influence in that first test. Now, this is an unpopular view, and I hope Ted's not tuning in. He won't be. Oh, he will uh, be
3: from Waiheke.
1: Our Waiheke frequency Might have been playing up today but he, And he doesn't know the apps yet But Wayne Barnes Yes Is probably I would say The referee you want He is He's probably the best referee In the world He does have a calming Like he's Calm Like probably because He's been through hell After that quarterfinal Incident He's just so he just seems so relaxed out there.
3: Imagine what sledging he got. If Imani oh. was giving it to Sam Kane, imagine the things he was getting while walking to the Octi or anywhere in the world in actual fact.
1: And the worst thing about Wayne Barnes is and this is I hope Ted really doesn't hear this part. But I've had He's a couple He's actually beers a good guy. I've had a couple of <laughs> beers with him and he is wonderful comfortable.
3: Um, well I tell you what, I think he actually is uh, in the middle this weekend.
1: Oh I think great, he news. Is. great news.
3: Great uh, news. Peter Imani just telling the truth, and unfortunately, sometimes the truth hurts.
1: I will refuse to acknowledge that text, Kirst. But you don't
3: compare <laughs> players, right? You're not comparing no. Sam Kane to Richard McCaw, because there is no Richie McCaw, and Sam Kane's his no. own type of player, so you're not comparing them anyway.
1: No, 100% you're not. It's
3: like we're not comparing East Donald to D Carter, different well, players.
1: I like the way you've done that, uh, but please don't ever. Um Another one here. Has anyone spoken to New Zealand Rugby referee manager Chris Pollock about refereeing or TMO interference, or will that just go World Rugby Call? Rob, I think it will definitely just be World Rugby. Um, and, I oh know, I oh know, We've got it official. <laughs> the breakdown sometimes curse facts. Cause gets curse it is wrong. Quite, Curse obviously does a lot of her research on Sunday mornings for her breakdown <laughs> show, and sometimes she lets Saturday get away on it, and of course... Dunedin, Octagon, got away on her. She forgot to look back to the 70s. Of course, the British Lions won a 2-1 series with one draw in, uh, in 71, I think it was, cursed. So just ring me up if you're a little bit too Thanks, Steve. Thank know, you research. for
3: someone who messaged that in. So was that At a four-match the, series?
1: Oh, that's my mess. yep. 2-1 with a draw, I would say so.
3: Okay, so it'll be the fourth time, correction then, if mm. the Irish beat us this weekend, it'll be the fourth time. In our history no. that we have been beaten on New Zealand soil in a three-match series. And I tell you what. You don't please. want that history, do you?
1: It's a flip of the coin on Saturday for me now.
3: Not what the TAB's saying. Have you looked at the odds for this weekend? Last no, night we had a look. The All least. Blacks $1.73, Ireland $3.10 or something.
1: So are we $1.70? No, hold on. Uh, maybe $1.30. No. $1. $1.30? You, you can't have $1.70 playing three ten. dollars $1.30, I think it $1. was. $1.27, yep. Have you looked? Yep, just then. $1.27 do- All the,
3: that, That's ridiculous, isn't it? Yep. When, when it's one all, the pressure is on the All Blacks now, isn't it?
1: Oh, 100% it is. It's, they it's have one to of win. those weeks. I it's just, the biggest I,
3: game since when?
1: Well, now it's the biggest game probably since 219 final.
3: Exactly. It's the biggest game in three and a half years.
1: Uh, another one here from Andy, good text. Who was where was the kicking game? Con- to control the territory, field position and then build the pressure on the Irish. We only kicked eleven times for about four seventy, where the Irish kicked twenty two times for about six fifty. Yeah, very true, Andy. It was uh it was noticeable that again we tried to run away out of trouble at times. I know it's the Dunedin that it's just Dunedin and the glass house as you refer to it because it traps you into thinking it's hell for here, it just does it's just, everything's in your favour for running rugby and just sometimes it gets away on you and you just lose control Dunedin just seems to be a tough place to control the game, unless you're obviously an island who did it pretty well.
3: Well you know where else is it a pretty tough place to, to control the game? No Christchurch well, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Willie's coming to us from Christchurch <laughs> Willie, how are you going?
8: Hello Kurt. how are you in Beaver?
1: Hey you Willie, good mate. Yourself?
8: It's, it's cold down here. I'm not gonna put you on the spot like I did last time, Beaver. I wanna thing this so I'm no poet, so bear with me, alright? Okay? <clears throat> and it's for curse, okay? Ring, ring ding a ling, how the Irish did sing. With the four leaf clover, they all think it's all over. However, Adi Savier will show he's sincere as he dives over the line, putting the Irish in fear. And with that in mind, we'll leave the Irish behind, sitting on a shelf like little green elves. That's for you, Chris.
1: And he said he wasn't a poet.
3: That was incredible, Willie. How long did it take you to write that?
8: Oh, so after Adi Savier sat there for so long, I thought, uh, this is mainly in support of Adi Salvia because yeah. I got a lot of time with. It. And uh, like I did pick the Irish to win that the second test, but this time I think the All Blacks will roll all over them.
3: Thirteen yeah, plus, this. you reckon?
8: Yes. Yeah. And more.
3: Oh, great to hear from you, Willie. It must have been a frustrating night for Artie Wright, sitting on the sideline. He was not expecting that to have half a match, less than half a match, beef.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously the news has come out today that it was a clerical error. As yeah, so
3: can you can you talk us through that? So what happened and who was at fault there?
1: Well, there were basic, several
3: faults, weren't there?
1: Yeah, and believe me, people, I've had this explained to me by somebody who was in the TMO box on Saturday night. So if I was still confused, but I'll summarise it for you. I'll summarise it for you because I'm no technician, as we know. I can barely speak. So here we go. Arisar Savir had to stay off because... When Aiden Ross came on and we went to uncontested scrums, we had to go down to 12 men for two minutes. If we'd gone down to 12 men for two minutes because we requested uncontested scrums, they would have then been able to bring Offa back on and Artie back on and played 14 men. But because we went to uncontested scrums with Aiden Ross on the park, the Artie Savia. Substitution, he had to stay off. So we had to take a hit and play for two minutes of 12 to have kept Arty on for the rest of the game. And obviously, it's a situation where I don't think many people, even the referees on the sideline, had complete 100% knowledge of it. Why not? There's some things you just can't plan for. Really, I
3: I know there? I know you can't plan for it, but shouldn't you know that just in case that situation comes up?
1: Yeah, I mean because 100%. you had
3: now have a guy that sat on the sidelines for 50 minutes, and yes. Artie would have made. I'm not saying they would have won, but he would have made a difference, right? Oh,
1: huge difference. And I mean, you can say the same about the All Blacks management, but I mean, it's tough to crack the whip on them because again, situations that there's just no precedent for, is it?
3: It's an unusual one. It was a very very strange one. But you just, I sit there and think, so, surely they should know that. Isn't that their jobs to know? Is that not you their could, jobs to know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's our jobs to be able to string a sentence together.
1: And to be fair. And we do that why, so well. That's, that's why I'm not criticising them. <laughs> Uh, Cuba, million texts about uh, Astronaut uh, <laughs> uh, European women's tennis players names.
3: Q Troy Nervous times for the All Blacks Where are the Irish staying this week And does anyone still have South African Susie's number For catering purposes
1: Oh Troy uh, I'm not sure we have to go quite there yet um, But you know A bit of raw chicken wouldn't hurt um, Sorry but the Northern Hemisphere teams Haven't had players sent off That's from Brett We're just Obviously, highlighting the fact that earlier we talked about the governing bodies from our, from the Northern Hemisphere and how would they like to have a game cost by some of these ridiculous rules. Uh, this, is, this is very cynical but funny from Ron. Uh, hi, guys. If two players from the same team have a head clash, would one player <laughs> be sent off? No, two probably should be if there's no mitigating factors, I would have thought, Ron. Um, it's quite funny. Ken, Dalton and Captain... Akira, it's a He won't drop the ball. And Beaver, Leicester, as I've said, he's not an A-B. Uh, Ken, um, I don't think we rule Leicester out after two games. Uh, but yeah, didn't have, didn't have his best night. But he wasn't alone there. Um, he'll bounce back, I'm sure of it. And, you know, obviously... Hoskins, it's interesting. it'll be interesting where they go. A lot of people are saying, what changes do you make? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I can't see mass changes, cursed. Surely like, Sam Whitelock
3: comes back in.
1: Well, if he can. He's mess. looking
3: good, they said. He's looking good. The signs are right. He just has to pass one final test this week, and he'll be back playing this weekend. Re-
1: Re- the factor of Sam Whitelock cannot changes be Changes everything. So Ireland all of a sudden looked like safe as houses at line-out time. And yes, of course, all week they would have tried to get their line out sorted from the horror of it was Eden Park. But don't underestimate the fact that you had three world-class locks, and not just world-class locks in Barrett, Retellick, and Whitelock playing. Three guys who know how to read line-outs. Not just young whippersnappers who know how to jump quickly. These were three guys who know lineouts, call lineouts, and can pick off lineouts. And all of a sudden, the Irish lineout in Dunedin was a million dollars because they didn't have the three of them trying to counteract them, and you missed that big body. We struggled to get the same go forward that we would have. Yes, down to 14 men doesn't help, but the big body of Barrett, who made such an impression at six the previous week, wasn't there. He was in at lock, and I just think you cannot underestimate that factor.
3: We'll be back right after this and we've got some more stinging messages to jump into. Well Peter Omani can sledge Sam Kane all he wants, but Chris says once he's back to his best they will think twice about it. Someone else uh, said I heard that Sam Kane was voted the hardest tackler in New Zealand by other players in Super Rugby who certainly has nothing to be ashamed of. We all know Richie was special. Well Jordan is great, but he's no Jonah. That's from Glenn and Hobsonville. Yeah. You can't compare. <laughs>
1: No, you can't. And Glenn, you are hundred percent right about the hardest tackle thing, as I've mentioned many times before. That's why. Have last you been tackled week, by him? No, he's not allowed to tackle me in training. Um, you get one of
3: those vests on, the highlighter <laughs> vest saying no contact today.
1: <laughs> I used to tell him I'm old. Um, <laughs> no, but I had the joys of seeing it firsthand next to him and thinking, well. Wow. But I, I must admit, when I was thinking, who was Barnes last week? Was into Sam Kane about saying he was a passive tackler. My goodness, it just shows that it was just an article for article's sake because there's one thing about Sam Kane you can criticise him all you want. But his defence, when it comes to making a tackle count, it is it is unparalleled as far as New Zealand rugby players go. He tackles every tackle as if he is trying to put a shot on people. So, yeah. It's, Look out. It's, In the capital this weekend. Ridiculous. Oh, I'm looking forward to it.
3: Uh, Beaver, question for you. Why do they replace a Lucy for a prop um, when someone gets a card? I would replace a winger to keep number eight in the scrums. That's from Grant in Melbourne. Good point.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's always the done thing as far as you seem to be able to be the position that you can hide the most. No one's ever done the winger option. The thing about the winger option is it would severely put your backfield under extreme pressure. And I guess it's easier to hide apart from its set-piece time, it's easier to hide the fact that you're a man short. If you start playing a man short, all of a sudden you've got three in the defensive line, 10, 12, 13. So then also, all of a sudden, that fullback will have to be the open wing slash a hybrid fullback, which means the wing, the blindside wing, would have to be sort of hybrid as far as looking after a short side. He wouldn't be able to look after a short side with any sort of... Genuineness, if he was having to be the fullback, it would just open up too much other defensive issues for you. That's why. So you just I can't guess, do it. You just can't do it, and that's why forever in a day, every team's always used a Lucy. The funny thing is, though, is you've never banked on having to do it with two Lucy's. One Lucy you just sort of get by with, but suddenly when you've got two Lucy's down, then it's probably a situation as well. Well, do we take the risk somewhere else? I mean, there was a situation where Leicester was off and uh, Dalton was off at the start. And Ireland had us skinned, but James Lowe dropped the ball. Yeah, so,
3: lucky. That was when Quintipire and Bodie were in the scrum.
1: Exactly. And I felt that
3: like Ireland That was a try there, for all money.
1: At that point in time, I thought Ireland, they might not be able to get this done because it seemed that when we had down to 13, they were so panicky. Mm. They expect, they tried to score off every single phase. And that's, it. That's, that's human nature, that you just try and push the issue, push the issue. But uh, in the end, they got the job done. But I actually had a little bit of hope after watching that because I was thinking, actually, they've lost a bit of composure here because I think when they're down 13, I don't think they scored a point, curse, correct me if I'm wrong.
3: They didn't. They didn't. It was unbelievable after everything that had happened in that first half that we were only down by three. But anyway, you'll be able to put all those points that you just mentioned about Ireland in that first part to Alan Quinlan. He's coming up next. great to have you joining us here on The Run Home and thank you for all your text messages today as well. Keep them coming, double eight to double three on that All Blacks performance. Uh, It is great to have you involved in the programme. Time now to head, well to Wellington I presume but he'll be able to let us know to our former Irish international Alan Quinlan of course over here in New Zealand with the Sky Sport UK commentary team doing a fantastic job. Alan, first and foremost, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Secondly, uh, not even you saw this result coming, did you? You Came on Sky Sport before the match with Justin Marshall and predicted the All Blacks to take that one by ten. Uh, how did you react to that final result? History made in Dunedin.
7: Yeah, I was pretty shocked, Kirsty. Um, I, I really thought Ireland would be better this week, um, and uh, they they proved me wrong. Um, I, I genuinely thought they'd go pretty close, um, and I thought the All Blacks would be better this week. So. Um, I think what they got in the second half in, in, in Eden Park the week before was a bit of self-belief and confidence that if they hold on to the ball and they execute better, um, they can ask some questions of the All Blacks. And I think it was a perfect start again, wasn't it? Um, the way they played with the Andrew Porter try early on, and um, some of the the passing and the carries from the forwards was was absolutely excellent. And I think that gave them the belief that they would uh they could put in a performance and I said it beforehand as well that um they were the sound bites out of the Irish camp all week were that they believed that mm. that they could um you know bring a big performance and they did. I think some things went wrong of course for the All Blacks. Um the the yellow card first, then the red the, the red card, then another yellow card. That did not help um the All Blacks in any way. But I thought their their accuracy and the mistakes they came up with. Um, they won't be pleased by that. But look, Ireland put them under a lot of pressure and uh, it was a fantastic win for the Irish.
1: Yeah, it was uh, It was something pretty special. Now, obviously, the player that all Irish hopes were uh, sweating on was, was Johnny Sexton to be fit. Now, obviously, Johnny's been around for years and he's been a great player for a long time. But I know you're all talking about there's going to be life after Johnny at some point. But he seems to be getting better. And, and when I look at him as far as getting better, his attack and his variance and his ability to be a threat and put people through, that's, for me, that's never been better for him. And like, I look back from a few years ago and he was this outstanding goal kicker and game manager, but he's a genuine threat at the moment. And Has it come on in the last couple of years or is, has this always been there and we've just been blind to it?
7: I think it's come on, Stephen. You know yourself from Planet 10. Um, it's, it's a pressure, pressure position all the time. And... Um if, you're team, if the forwards in front of you are going well and you get good quality ball, you can express yourself. But I just think he's, um, he's resilience and his attitude and his desire and passion to get better all the time. Um, I, I know for a fact that anybody who coaches Johnny Sexton, he challenges the coaches to make him better, even at the, at this stage of his career, right towards the end of his career. And it's a great sign of of, you know, for young people watching the game at in, in any sport. When you see a guy who's thirty seven today actually, um so happy birthday to Johnny Sexton. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's listening. He might be listening.
1: I'm he's sure he fan. is. Yeah. He's a big fan of a show.
7: <laughs> yeah, but I tell you he's um his drive to get better all the time is 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 incredible. And you know, when you get into your thirties, that's the challenge for any sports per- person to keep that you know, desire. We all kind of hope we can keep going. We're, our mind is telling us we can, but <laughs> the legs are not. But look, I think the Irish system has helped him a lot in that he doesn't play thirty-five, forty games a year like um, like Intimac, who plays in the French team. Um, they played in a European semi-final this year, and I think Intimac had twenty-seven games, and Johnny had fourteen played. So it does help when you get a bit older, and and the systems in Ireland are good for that. But. Look, he's a hell of a player. He just keeps yep. answering the critics time after time. And his mental strength, I think, is is supreme. He's a real winner, and that helps him. But as you say, his skills, his stress, he's taking the ball to the line. And you know yourself from playing 10, the opposition will try and get after the 10 because they control the game. And he just he loves that physical challenge as well. I think he put in some great tackles as well the other night. Mm-hmm. He tags the ball a lot, so he's been brilliant. Um, life after Johnny Sexton, we're not sure what it's going to be like, but we're enjoying the moment now.
1: I was going to say, the, the way he's going, he can go for a few more years yet. Now, Alan, the other big improvement from Eden Park to Dunedin was the Irish line-out, which obviously allowed them to control their destiny a whole lot more as far as the attack goes. Do you think it was a case of clearly they would have worked on it day and night to get a bit of an Eden Park but the fact that Whitelock wasn't there and you didn't have three fairly talented locks from the All Blacks do you think that just freed things up for their line out?
7: Yeah definitely definitely and then when they you know when they were down to, to seven forward for the a long part of the game it Ireland were able to go with a full line out um, and yes. it, it, it was it was a big it was a big issue Sam Whitelock he's world class he runs the line out so well um, his presence and he's he's a very intelligent line-out operator. That's why he has 134 caps is it, for the All Blacks and he's been so successful. Um, so he was a loss because, you know, Barris was causing problems last week, White um, Ritalik as well. Um, and it did affect them a little bit. Um, but they would have worked hard on it, Stephen, I think. Um, like, sometimes it makes no sense, really. A team can have a poor set-piece one week and then they come out the next week and it's so much better Sometimes it's a mental thing, it's a movement thing in the ground, and it's uh, just that drive to make it better. And I'm sure Paul O'Connell, um, the line-out coach, would have uh, you know, put huge work in during the week, and John Fogarty, the scrum coach. Their scrum was much better as well. Yes. And they've shown us in the last number of years, they need their set piece because they launched a lot of their attack off it, but it was, it was so much better. White no doubt, was a, uh, was a loss. Um, he may be back this week, I believe.
1: Yeah, That's the chat. Like, What else do you think had such an impact as far as, because even the defence, you know, obviously the, the much-vaunted line speed in the defence, it was actually having a suffocating effect. Was that just a case of they were better at slowing down the All Black ball and, and giving them a chance at that? Because at Eden Park, you didn't quite notice so much the defence of the Irish having an impact on the All Blacks' attack, but geez, they were getting up and outside channels, forcing the All Blacks back in all the time, weren't they?
7: that was an area that um, they needed to improve on and probably their line speed was pretty good in Eden Park in the early parts of the game but then um, it got quite passive and they didn't get their spacings right. I think they got that part of the game really right last week and the Irish back row was superb. I think they they came up with lots of turnovers. um, They slowed a lot of ball down and you need your back row playing well if you're going to try and have a dominant performance. I played there myself and I know that your job as a back row is both sides of the ball, making carries, but also trying to slow down the opposition, uh, wrap them in tackles, and um, uh, you know slow the ball down. And I think they did that really well. Ireland, look, I think with Ardie Sevi off the field, Stephen, that was a big, big loss for for um, and the mix up with who should have went off. Um, I think they would have, you know, Eam Foster and, and everybody in the stadium would have loved. Um, All Blacks fans would love to have Saville and because and, and, he's just such a warrior and he's so powerful, and he can get over the game line even if there's two, three guys on him. So, I just think Ireland's line speed was; they were better organised. But look, hey, you you see what my fear is this week? What can happen? You know, it can, you know, it can completely flip over again. And I know Ian Foster wasn't happy uh, with some of the decisions. Um, the Irish were probably not happy in Eden Park. Where's that going to go next week? Wayne Barnes is the referee. Um, they're all sending in videos. Nobody's done a Rassi Erasmus on it, um, but I'm sure they've sent videos oh, yeah. in and, and parts part of the game that they're disappointed in. But look, I thought Ireland's um, just the energy and aggression they brought. And I, look, I genuinely think, and I have to give credit to Ireland, they're mm-hmm. actually a big good team. Um, mm-hmm. yep. They're not a team that can just, they're just coming up with a big performance here and there. They've been very consistent this year, and I, of course, you know, if New Zealand get it right on Saturday, it could be a total role reversal, and that's the fear for me. But Ireland were magnificent.
3: Alan, before we let you go, uh, there's a couple of matches this week. Of course, we've got the Maori All Blacks taking on the Ireland 15 tomorrow, and then uh, the big test, the decider on Saturday. How do how do they split this week? What do they focus on?
7: That's the, it's going to be really difficult um, they could really do without this game because yeah. <laughs> I think they know what's coming on Saturday the reaction that's going to come from the All Blacks and it's just difficult that they can't really focus um, coaches and players alike on, on the job in hand and rest up, mm. there's a couple of players obviously that are on the bench um, that are going to be involved on Saturday again Rob Herring, he's going to be involved in the test on Saturday, Finley Bealham Jack Conan, Connor Murray Joey Carberry, yeah. Mac Hanson, there's I think there's six on the bench that have to double up this week. So that kind of impinges training as well a little bit. Um, but I would imagine Ireland won't, you know, they won't be pushing themselves too hard this week. It'll be just run-throughs and a bit of organisation. And a lot of it will be mental um, preparation. But you know, they'll be really hopeful that uh, they can get a performance against the Maoris tomorrow night and, uh, you know, finish the tour on a high. Uh, as I said, Saturday is going to be a, a different beast and. <laughs> Uh, we know, uh, all, and I'm sure the Irish players know, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a very aggressive reaction. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that.
3: It is going to be huge. We cannot wait. You're brilliant as always, Alan. Thank you so much for coming on this program. My pleasure, guys. And we'll see you Thanks, down in man. Wellington.
7: Cheers, guys. Thanks.
3: Alan Quinlan joining us uh, to recap that incredible performance over the weekend. Johnny Sexton, his birthday today, 20, uh, 37. When, when did 10s peak?
1: Well, it's funny. Like, athletically, it's you know late twenties. You feel at your best, blah blah blah. But like your mind, because it's such a mind position, it's it's further down. the, like I think yet yeah, your best, like probably is he is now. You know, and he's he's probably got a balance in his life where you know rugby's here and everything else is here. So. He's got perspective on it all. He's been in every situation there. Like, I mean, curse! I wish my body was able to transport what my mind can tell me now. But it's just the reality. It's um, it's where you get to.
3: Well, if he's peaking at 37 and you think that's a good age, your best years were spent uh, in Japan. No.
1: Correct. Correct.
3: So we missed, no, we missed the best of you, B. It's
1: a real shame. And, and I know there'll be a lot of what people driving off the road with disappointment right now. Um, so just keep it straight, guys. Just take a deep breath. Um yeah, she got my best years on the radio this, this is my best years are your right best now. years yeah, yeah these the are U-mates. your best
3: years um and just finally, there was a brilliant post from the TAB today, uh all green, with the words Happy birthday, Johnny Sexton. We hope you get as many cards today as we did on the weekend.
1: clever. They're probably pretty grateful too because they probably had a windfall for all the 13-plus all-black money too from Johnny's doing.
3: Yes, they would have. Yes, this is The Run Home with Kirsten Beebe. Great to have you joining us today. We're not too far away from 6 o'clock and we've got John on the line who wants to have a bit of a, a chat. How are you, John?
6: Yeah, not so bad. Hey, Beaver. How are you, John? How uh, are Not too bad. Uh, there was posters up in, um, from the TAB still going around. <laughs> Remember um, the TAB ones?
3: Uh, well, I hope they're gone now. <laughs> oh okay there cool. was there was one opposite the All Blacks hotel on the weekend a huge billboard that said "What's steeper Baldwin Street in Dunedin or the odds for Ireland to win
1: mm. Mm. Well, mm. You complacency yeah.
6: in?
3: Complacency <laughs> may have slipped in right John. how did you feel about yeah. that performance
6: well i'm I'm lucky I have a ticket for this weekend um yeah, so it was really going down, but it'll be special yeah Savvy uh Julie are uh, he that's a game changer, like any team, no team can really afford he's a legend of a player like he. Um, they can afford to lose him. Um, yeah, you can't. You just couldn't. He, yeah, he, no, I can see the All Blacks winning this weekend if everything they've got the quality there. But it, obviously the referees, the Barons is a huge difference as well. in Barons, so yeah, I can see the All Blacks doing a big one.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think we've got the best man for the job. I don't think it's going to be the musical chairs that it has been. In, uh, in Dunedin with uh, the amount of cards uh, Kirst, a few Texas there
3: Yeah, brilliant to have you Cool John, thanks so much And enjoy the game this weekend as well um, Living in New Zealand with an Irish accent you can't lose this weekend either way can you, John?
2: In today's Voltaren Rapid 25 Wrap Up
3: Yes, so today we look at the World Rugby Rankings. They are out. They are updated after the results over the weekend. And this is how the top four looks. Beaver, number one, France, and two, Ireland, three, South Africa, four, All Blacks, five, England, and six, Australia. Is that accurate?
1: (sighs) It's very tough to say this, considering the results of Saturday, but I feel a touch high for Ireland.
3: A touch high.
1: Number two in the world? I'm not sure. Who
3: should be number two then? What would your rugby rankings look like?
1: Since you consider
3: England to be uh, the toughest Northern Hemisphere opponent heading into the Rugby World Cup.
1: Kirst, let's clarify that. If we're talking in a World Cup situation, I think they've got the mantle, a proven mantle at big events.
3: Tell us what your top six looks like, Beef. In order.
1: Right now it'd be France. Yep. It would be South Africa, New Zealand.
3: What have you seen from South Africa to have them at second?
1: The same thing I saw before the last World Cup. Nothing, but get to the World Cup. <laughs> but they
3: still in second.
1: Get to the World Cup, they'll have eight forwards, they'll have a great nine and ten kicking, and that will get them a long way. And if they have a day like they have a day, they will win the World Cup, you know. Um,
3: but they need three of those days, as you said.
1: No, they were terrible in their semi-final in Japan against Wales. They almost lost that. And uh, and they weren't great for 40 minutes against Japan in their quarter. So, depending on the draw. Um, mm-hmm. But that's your top three. Then probably England four, Aussie five. And then I'm probably... As rough as rough as that sounds after Saturday, wow. it's probably Ireland at six. But, Chris, I'm talking about a World Cup. That's how I would go into a World Cup thinking.
3: I know, but we were just asking for your World Rugby rankings. Oh, as stands now. <laughs> okay, are, are okay. you taking anything back or
1: swap Ireland over Aussie?
3: Okay, so you'd have Ireland in first five. Yep. Wow. Okay. Don't let back pain get in the way. Get fast relief with Voltaren Rapid 25. Read the label user-directed. If symptoms persist, see your doctor. Incorrect use may be harmful. Do not use if you have stomach ulcers. GSK Auckland. Good to have you joining us today. We have had no shortage of things to talk about, have we? Uh, and we've had some great messages coming through. We've still got plenty to get through and we will try and do so in the next hour, the last hour of the run home. Drive to survive still to come as well. Uh, we'll let you know when the time is, so listen out for your cue to call. But I'll tell you this, lap two and three on Drive to Survive today is all rugby. So if you get past lap one, you'll be a shoo-in if you watch the game and caught up with the action over the weekend for the $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. Now, here's a wee insight into our show on the run home. (laughs) Beaver and myself can't speak to each other during the breaks, so um, sometimes we have to talk... About admin, life and work admin, uh, during the radio show. And I was trying to lip read. He's up in arms. His arms are blowing up over the cameras, but I can't hear what he's saying. So, Beaver, what's your problem?
1: (laughs) Well, multiple problems. Tell me. Um, First of all, I didn't realize it was the head of the radio station reading the news. I I, I thought
3: it might have been. It's it's the Rube Dog, aka the the boss.
1: And I was like, "That's not my usual man, Johnny Mac." But I just couldn't quite nail it down, and I didn't want to say it was Rube because, I, I mean, Rube's usually home by three o'clock in the afternoon, so I didn't think he'd be there to read our news.
3: But, Rube Dog, are uh, you listening? Steady on, mate. Steady.
0: <laughs> hey, look, I'm no, I'm no Johnny Mac, but uh, I'm trying for you. I'm trying.
1: That's uh, a smooth that's voice. A smooth voice. <laughs> it
3: is a smooth <laughs> voice. I just say it's it's been quite brilliant listening to. I'm surprised that Beaver hasn't noticed until now, Ruben.
0: I was expecting him to interject, kind of heckle. You know, that's kind of the that's kind of what we come to expect, Beaver. So I'm allowed? disappointed
4: to be honest that <laughs> I haven't I had any heckling.
1: <laughs> if I'm allowed, don't give me a green
4: light. <laughs> oh no, what have I done?
3: Six thirty news. We look forward to it. Doing <laughs> a great job. It's going to be chaos. <laughs> Thanks I'll, for I'll having
1: be, me. I'll be yelling out. You're no Johnny Mac.
3: <laughs> That's what they were saying when you read the news That's that what they're once. chanting
1: in the stands. There's only one Johnny Mac.
3: Uh, and what were you up in arms about? What was your second point, Beef?
1: Oh, look, I mean, you're pulling the curtain back on uh, run-home Edsman, but often we like to... We're just to, giving
3: our listeners a little insight.
1: Yeah, we like to give a bit of uh, help with uh, Jake there to decide which is going to be his promotional pieces.
3: Oh, he's great. He doesn't need any help.
1: Yeah, well, apparently you're wanting to say Stephen Donald says Ireland fifth best team in the world, and I, and I'm just thinking, you know,
3: there's been better things to promote. But, what would you, know, you like to promote, Beeve? Tell me. Uh, What's the best thing about this show in the last two hours? <laughs> How about that you news like reader you guys got tonight?
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, if you don't mind going back and listen to our podcast, get all the news from Rube Dog
3: oh you think that's the best thing to promote you know what it probably is you're probably yeah, right it's definitely not the fact that you think Ireland is sitting 6th in the world at the moment or that you think players should sign a waiver uh, signing I their th-
1: <laughs> I think sign a waiver I think sign a waiver
3: look I'm not responsible for what goes out on social media or what goes out, uh, but I did say that if social media in Australia are listening, that'll be the two things that they pick, so you better make sure that Beeb is okay with that. And judging by your reaction or overreaction, you're clearly not okay with what you've been saying live over the last two hours, Beeb. You're still up in arms. Well, in
1: context, I'm saying if a World Cup's getting played tomorrow... I know who I'm in pecking order. So
3: the context is key, isn't it, in both context of them? Context is key. Context yes. is key. But usually your grabs are taken out of context, like yes. the time you bagged the Warriors and they <laughs> just took one line.
1: The, the other thing is, curse about the Irish situation – and I mean, I shouldn't be saying this and still talking about head knocks at the same time in rugby, but you know what my memory's like. And oh. I'd actually forgotten about Ireland when I was rattling off my top five. <laughs>
3: so, so you wouldn't have them at fifth or sixth?
1: I'd have them ahead of Aussie by a smidgen. But have you heard the, have you heard the scenario? Apparently Ireland's final at the World Cup is going to be either the All Blacks yep. or France.
3: Yeah, well, we're going to play either South Africa or Ireland and France will play the other team in the quarter-final. If we beat France in the opening game, we should go through the pool stages unbeaten, yes. which means we would play the second place in the pool next to us. If France beat us, they'll play the second place team. So it's going to be in, in South Africa and Ireland are in the same pool. So it's one of the two of them that France and us cross over with.
1: But The great thing about that is the World Cup is becoming a genuine World Cup and And you used to be able to win probably a semi-final and final and you win the World Cup. Well, now it goes back another round and suddenly the quarters are going to be absolutely blockbuster.
3: Someone said to me on the plane, someone I was sitting next to, a complete random, um, coming back from Dunedin yesterday, if you were an All Blacks fan right now and you had tickets to the semis and finals in France next year that you've paid probably 20000 plus for, are you a bit nervous?
1: Well, no, I mean... Not if you've been able to maybe get a tour guide like um, Prison East Company. East Donald. Because, because it's still a good time. Um.
3: <laughs> now you're trying to get yourself a job. You've got work to do on this radio station, Bieber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Don't go
3: signing off for two months, please. Skyving off, I should say.
1: I just remember having a tour in Japan, and my and my people had shown up three days before the semi final, oh. and suddenly the All Blacks lost in the semi final. It took about a day or two for me to pick up the spirits. We got there in the end, uh, and a lot of it was—dare I say it—the uh, local cuisine. And I'm not talking about the food, but we got the spirits back up eventually. Oh, you took them the, to Roppongi. Uh, that was on the last night. Uh, Sapporo was the turning point of the trip. We got everyone's smiles back in Sapporo.
3: <laughs> oh, Brilliant. Uh, great to share your stories with you, Bebe, as always. And and a little bit of insight. That's a little bit of insight into what goes on behind the scenes here at SENZ. Great to have you joining us on the run home. Coming up on the Makers menu, we're about to talk to Brett Phillips out of Australia, our very own SEN tennis correspondent, expert. He knows it all. Drive to survive as well. We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet voucher. So listen out for your cuticle. We're going to play in about 10 minutes. We're going to get through, uh, we'll try and get through all of your text messages about the All Blacks. Send them through if you've got oh, any more thoughts. Double eight, double three. <laughs> Beaver's just talking. <laughs> Live over the Macca's menu to Jacob. You're getting it all today, people. You are getting it all today. That's the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac Delivery. Remember your one work on? Know when you're live.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We've really pulled the curtain back. We've really pulled the
3: curtain. Pulled the curtain. And while we're just talking live, uh, do we have Brett? We do have Brett. Okay, well, at least something. Uh, we've got someone to steady the ship. Brett Phillips joins us out of Australia. Brett, sorry about the shambles. Um, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Wimbledon, Novak Djokovic winning his 21st Grand Slam. After that first set, were you thinking here we go, there could be something remarkable that could happen today? Or were you never in doubt?
2: Oh, look, Kirsty, I, I think I gave uh, you know, Nick Kyrgios a chance uh, going in and you know he'd beaten uh, Novak a couple of times, be it five years ago, and you know he believes Nick that he he can uh, certainly beat any player. And I think just the way his matches unfolded uh, throughout the tournament, there were lots of ebbs and flows in his matches. Uh, a couple where he was absolutely sublime, others where you know he um, either got off to a good start or you know dropped a set early and was able to reset and recover. So you knew there was going to be some and flows, you know, Novak had dropped sets, two sets to and Sinner in one of his matches. So, you know, I don't think either player was going to totally have it on their terms last night. But I think once Djokovic gets two sets to one up, he then just goes to another level. And I think if Nick had have maybe got it to five, his five-set record uh, was fantastic. I think he might have been able to really stretch uh, Djokovic. But when Djokovic you know, just parts the legs, those eyeballs are popping out of his head, he's trying to read the Kyrgios serve, he dials into a whole new level in terms of returning, there is no Mm -hmm. better returner uh, in the game and he's sending the bullet-like returns back to your toes (laughs) for trying to get yourself together uh, to uh, just, you know, uh, defend and and build into the point and Novak just grinds you into the ground and you got that early lead in the tie-break and you know, Nick started to self implode a little bit towards the end. So, um, who knows if he'll ever get back there? There, are obviously, in the history of tennis, been a lot of one time uh, Grand Slam finalists. Mm. Uh, he should, I think. You know, Novak was certainly in the presentation indicating Nick, this is where you should be on a pretty regular basis for all the talent you've got. But it's whether he's got the want and the desire because you know he's, he plays about five months of the year, and that's what he is comfortable with. Kirsty, uh, he doesn't want to. Be playing eight nine months of the year, being away from home, that's his lot, and we'll see. You know, we'll see whether this inspires him to, you know, maybe get the best out of himself from here on.
1: but obviously. Before we dive into the actual game itself, has there been something happen as far as curiosity has he committed, obviously you're still talking he's only playing five months, sort of six months of a year, has he committed to being a bit a bit better professional because we've often heard from you and from other tennis folks over the last sort of few months since the Australian Open that he's got the talent but he just lacks what everyone, your Nadal's, your Djokovic have. To get to that top level, has there been something that's happened? Has he changed his attitude to get to this point now that he is competing in the majors at the end of it all?
2: Well, probably the way Stephen, I'd answer that question is, uh, I mean, he's now twenty-seven, so I suppose you know, I just think think in our life terms that you know, each year we get a bit older. We probably just you know, we get hopefully a bit more mature. We get a little wiser. We we think about all the things that you know we've done across the journey and. Well, how can I be a fraction better in uh, certain things? You know, there'd be people, and of course, I'd love to be that fly on the wall in the inner sanctum. You know, what does Dad say to him? What does his sister say? What does his fiance talk to him about? What does his physio talk to him about? And surely they're the people who love him the most, who are riding this roller coaster mm. with him. So, ironically, he absolutely gives it to, which I don't understand it on the tennis court when he's. In an adverse uh, situation, he is screaming at that box, demanding energy, demanding them to get up. What are you doing? Come on, get up and applaud me! I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I don't know what they're supposed to do in that box other than just support and love him and events. So, if I was at the press conference, that's one of the first questions I probably would have asked Nick. But um, I think he'll always just go to the beat of his own drum. He is very much his own person. This is this is why I play tennis. This is what. Um, I want to achieve. He knows he's got so much talent, but he's not hes not totally in love with it to grind every single day of the year. So, um, you know, if he doesn't walk away with a Grand Slam title, at least one in his career, for his freakish talent, it would probably be pretty disappointing. So I, I reckon those people on the inner sanctum are probably urging him to keep going mm. and, hey, have your moment in the sun, Nick. So... Yeah, we'll wait and see. It's always hard to predict where he's going to go because he's coming home now and he's got to deal with, a obviously, a, a court case, yeah. Um, yeah. which is heavily reported late last week. And He'll roll into the US uh, swing and play that and we'll see what happens.
1: You, talk, you talked about the US. Where does he stand as far as the hard court? Obviously, he's had, I think, is it fair to say, he's had his best results previously at Wimbledon as well. Does, is the US Open set yep. up for him as far as the court surface and that goes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He can play on the hard courts. He's had uh, success in the lead-ups. He's won uh, I'm pretty sure he's won Atlanta before. He's definitely won Washington, the 500 there before. Yep. Uh, you've then got, you know, the two big Masters 1000s uh Montreal, Toronto who swap each year with the ATP and then Cincinnati into New York in late August. So yeah, I mean, he's, you know, one that can play on any surface. There's there's no problems there uh, in terms of the hard courts, so and he likes going to the U.S. Um, they love him over there. I've been in the U.S. <laughs> they're watching these fans, uh, you know, 10, 15 deep. You're our man, there, Carry Yeah, you're our man.
5: Yeah, you know, they love him. They just,
2: they're infatuated with him. They love the theatrics. They love the theatre and all the um, the stuff that goes on around the periphery of his uh, tennis matches. So it's almost like he's playing at home uh, over in the U.S.
1: <laughs> and obviously we can't carry on without talking about Djokovic. You know, Djokovic is one these Grand Slams at times, and looked like he was the only one on the planet. How dominant did you see him? Obviously, he had to work pretty hard, four sets for Curios's victory, but is he still, when he's at his best, sort of a head and shoulders above the rest? Yep.
2: Well, he's got this incredible capacity just to be able to, you know, reset mentally. Uh, there's probably no one more diligent in terms of the preparation that he does. The one percenters with his body in particular... That's been well documented over the last few years. Uh, been a little left field in terms of you know, nutrition and health and well-being, all the little things that just get him to the start line uh, every time. And you know, there are times he matches. He's human like anyone. He can get the wobbles. He can look a bit out of sorts. But gee, he can just flip it on its head so quickly to assert his authority again and I mean, he was struggling on the baseline early in the match, but if you look at sets two, three, and four, it just got better and better and better, and we're calling the baseline bully uh, because it's so hard to penetrate that damn wall. You're throwing everything but the kitchen sink, and you know, Nick didn't play a bad match, but you're playing against a guy who, who sets the, the highest of standards. I mean, 10 unforced errors in four sets of tennis is, is a pretty hard one to crack. So he knew that this was a... Huge opportunity. I mean, there's, well, it looks unlikely he's going to play in the US because of the vaccination situation. Mm. So he didn't want to let this opportunity slip to, you know, bridge the gaps in the Dale. He's not so much worried about being world number one anymore, but he wants to win the most majors. And he probably will get there if he plays uh, the long game because he's he's the fittest and the healthiest out of he and the Dale. And, (laughs) and, well, hopefully we see Roger, you know, back for just one more on-court finale
3: absolutely it's been a fascinating uh, couple of weeks entertaining as always Brett you're so great we know you're busy so we will let you go but you're an awesome man and it's great to talk tennis with you
2: Absolutely, guys. Uh, first serve on tonight, uh, yeah, 8 o'clock uh, or 10 o'clock over your way for those that want to stay up and listen to a bit of tennis on the on the SEN app.
3: Thank you so much, Brett, host Thanks, of mate. First Serve on SEN. Uh, as you mentioned, you can listen to it on our app or you can listen to it live on radio as well. Just quickly, Dave, um on that incident with the fan that got yes. ejected, did you hear Rube Dog's news at 6 o'clock? She's actually spoken.
1: Oh, anyway. she,
3: She's come out and she said, I didn't have 700 drinks. I had two. She had a Pimps and a Rosé.
1: Can knock you though.
3: Oh, this is definitely a bit of beef. I saw him just sit back in his seat and
1: taking the music. Bit of the boss. Funny story of you, Kirst, a uh, few few moons ago, the boss came to Auckland, did a double header Saturday-Sunday, and I had tickets for the Sunday with a couple of my mates from my Japanese club at the time, we were parked up in the viaduct on the Sunday, had, had a fairly decent Saturday, catching up again, and we were having a wonderful Sunday down in that uh, viaduct area, and it was about time that we needed to go, and we literally looked at each other and go, should we just flag it and just stay here and carry on? And then all of a sudden some people came in and we started yelling to him, they said, No, nah, we went to a boss last night, sensational. Uh, what he does is he plays an album, blah, blah, blah. Just one of his albums 'cause he's got so many songs. And they're like and they inspired us to leave our posse in the Viaduct, jumped in the Viaduct, jumped on a cab, went out to Mount Smart, he played one of his shit albums, and needed to stay halfway through it, we thought, Should have stayed in the Viaduct.
3: Should have just stayed in your Jandle shorts at Danny Doolins. Uh, lesson, lesson learned.
1: <laughs> Yes, correct. Correct.
3: Listen, learnt. Right, there's a few ticks to get through. We're playing Drive to Survive at half past. Uh, so, listen out for your cuticle in four and a half minutes. Once the rube dog gets through a brilliant reading of news and sport that we'll all be listening to. Now that well, we know who it is.
1: Well, Now we know we can heckle him. Let's see how he takes a little bit of pressure.
3: Okay. Okay. Um, uh, first though, we'll get through a couple more of these messages. This one's from Tim. Going back to the All Blacks here. <laughs>
0: Should I just say it on air next time? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right, yeah. By the way, it's pre. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't say that on air. Come on, Jake. Come on.
0: Hey, okay. Maybe, yeah. Next time, I'll just. I won't use the TB button. I'll just click this one here and go right on air. Yeah. I don't back, know. To you, I'm yeah, I back to you, Kurt. Yeah, back to you.
3: I'm confused. Uh, anyway, you're doing a great job, Jacob. Filling in <laughs> for Manaya this week, who um, is away with his mum, I think. So we do hope he's having a good holiday. He deserves it as well. This one from Tim. Big regret losing. is Luatua. Stephen Luatua. Yeah. My dad still talks about him and how much the Blues in New Zealand rugby miss him. And he's been gone for, what, six or seven years now?
1: Yeah, I guess he's a case of he wasn't... Keen on hanging around any longer than he did, you know family to
3: get, look after
1: a family to look after, and you know it is what it is. people either decide to hang around longer to see if their chance will come or hang they 've decided that they 've hang around long enough and they 're just going to go I mean Victor Vito's another one that you could put in that category as far as potentially filling in that jersey, which I think you're referring to at the moment, so. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, The great thing about this country is there's always somebody up next to have another crack. So there you go, Chris.
3: This is in regards to the World Rugby Rankings, which is going to make social media tonight. uh, Because Beaver thinks Ireland are fifth, maybe sixth, because his memory, well, it's letting him down but we're not talking about concussions in rugby here. Uh, fourth, we're lucky to be where we are. We could be a bit lower by the end of the year. We don't have that many Tier 2 easy beats this year. The golden age of 2011 to 2016 is over. We are mid-pack and we need to accept that we're not chasing, we're chasing, not leading the game. Can't believe there wasn't a response to Omani. That would have happened with Brad Thorne. This team is soft. From JJ.
1: I think that team, this team would have been in shell shock because I guess we're so used to niceties. I was talking to someone about it today. Some of the boys have just played super rugby and that wouldn't have even, they'd have been shocked when something like that, some grizzled veterans getting a bit down and dirty with people because I guess it's so, not matey in New Zealand, but, you know, we, we play each other so regularly and all the rest of it that that sort of level of, you know, edge probably isn't in the game regularly. So, no, it would have shocked a couple, but, you know, I don't think we're that far away from it. I think they need to make a few tweaks without a doubt, and maybe we haven't learnt from last year just yet, but I think we're still finding our way. Afternoon, Stephen and Kirsty. If the ABs lose the next game in series against Ireland, do you think there will be serious overhaul in the terms of the way the ABs play and the way they select? That's from Brian. Well, Brian, as I just mentioned, I don't think we have... I don't think we've quite... We, I mean, we're only two games into the international season, so we've got to hold our judgment on if they've made alterations from last year. The big thing for me is I thought they had as far as deciding that we're going to include someone like a Scott Barrett at six to make us a little bit more of that physical pre- presence and be able to play a slightly different game and help our momentum, which last year we just couldn't get momentum into our game and all those losses against the European teams and South Africa... With the fact that we couldn't get over the gain line, and so with Barrett at six, it allowed us to sort of adjust that. But I, I guess at the end of the day, if you can't if you can't cope with one injury, then all of a sudden maybe we haven't adjusted as quick. And I guess the fact said that Saturday's night was proof in the pudding.
3: This one's from Amit. Hey guys, I watched the game again and watched the cards with more intent. I must say, all four were totally justified. Angus definitely stepped into the tackle. Intention wasn't to hurt, but sadly he did step in and head-on-head contact was made. Leicester would have been red-carded in the north, just like Caleb Clark was in Super Rugby. I think all blanks were lucky that offers didn't result in a penalty try. The shocker decisions were in Australia and England with the intercept. Loved your work. You agree with all of that, don't you, B.?
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. it wasn't a penalty try. There was no way Geordie was catching, like, was it ring rose or someone like that? He wasn't catching ring rose from five metres out. Uh, 100% from what I've heard talking to people, and it might have already been talked about on the show, Lester was lucky by the letter of the law, and it's been the review's recommendation that he should have been a red card. So <laughs> could you imagine that? We were down two red cards and a couple of those sim binnings along the way. But as you're right, by the letter of the law, decisions, 100% right.
3: A few more still to get through. But first, Beaver, for the last time tonight, our boss, the Rube Dog. This is your cue to call. This is your boarding pass if you would like to take flight and fill up your TAB bank account with an extra $50. 0800 150 811 is the number to call to play. Drive to survive today. And as we've mentioned, uh, if you get through lap 1B, lap 2 and 3 are rugby-related. So if you caught up with the action over the weekend, if you've been listening to the show, you should be absolutely fine. Call us up. 0800 150 811. Babe, we you... the world
1: wide open. Oh my goodness, This is, this this is, is Drive, Drive to Survive. To survive.
3: Yeah, before we get into Drive to Survive, Beeve, were you happy with the Rude Dog's performance or did you want to send a we sledge his way?
1: Well, I actually tried to, but, I mean, for all the chat that he was happy for me to heckle him, he actually turned my mic off over and above our <laughs> control. So I was actually wanting to know who the other nine... Candidates were <laughs> named forward for the leading of Boris's party. That was what I was intrigued by, but you know, he tried to take me off the table. Well, he's
3: listening.
4: Uh, I'm just trying to, no, I don't <laughs> know, no idea.
3: I-, I wanted to bring up the McLovin story.
4: Yeah, I quite enjoyed that one, actually. <laughs> Beaver would have loved He that, sounds right? like fun. Sounds like a fun horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, bit of cash. That would have, <laughs> have been too easy. That would have been too easy for our newsroom <laughs> for the day. No, you did a good job. I thought some of your pauses were great for effect. Uh-huh. Um,
4: it's sometimes what you don't say, and generally, yeah. in my case, you know, shut up more and it's better.
1: No, I mean, you've got a, you've got a future there. If Running the uh, station doesn't work out for you. Uh, maybe go back into newsreading. I think it's is uh, a real future.
4: Thank you, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <Rube-Dog. laughs>
4: Until next time.
3: That is Think news so. and sport for today with the Rube Dog, <laughs> the one and only. Right, we're playing Drive to Survive. Last chance to get in, to win. $50, all thanks to the TAB. A bonus bet voucher. Call us up. 0800 150 811 today, Beaver, Winnable.
1: Getable. Very winnable. Very winnable. And I tell you what, we're going to start with one of our all-time Drive to Survive champions. We have got Zade from Auckland. Zade, how are you, mate?
6: Yeah, all good.
1: Now, Question 1, lap 1 We've told you lap 2 and 3 are all rugby Well, we're going to start a little bit different to start with Which Kiwi triathlete won the World Triathlon Championship Series in Hamburg over the weekend?
6: Was it Hayden Wild?
1: It was our champion triathlete Hayden Wild doing great things as always Question 2, lap 1 True or false? Michael Bracewell hit 10 fours and seven sixes against the Irish this morning to take New Zealand home just. True. True, and absolutely unbelievable innings.
6: 127.
1: From, yes, phenomenal, phenomenal yep. from, from Bracewell. Question three, lap one. We're on a roll here with Zaid. How many Wimbledon titles has Djokovic now won? Seven. 7. Zaid is making easy work of lap 1, it is fair to say. How many Wimbledon titles is this now on the trot? 4. Oh, I'll have a word, but that was just too easy for our champion, Zaid. Lap 1 looked after just like that. Name the African nation that qualified for the Rugby World Cup 2023. Namibia. Namibia. And for those of you Wanting to know who the All Blacks are going to be playing. That is the final team in their pool. So that is all sorted now. Lap 2, question 2. And Zaid is needing no one at the moment. Which Kiwi-born Welsh first five kicked the winning points against South Africa over the weekend?
5: Will that be Gareth
1: Anscombe. It is the one and only Gareth Hanscom and probably the one and only Kiwis kicking goals for Wales too. So just like that. We're knocking on the door. Final question of lap two. Which nation is now ranked number one in men's rugby? France. France. Oh, I'm going to have to have a word to these, this question maker. This has been an absolute breeze, or it could be the quality of our contestant. Either it's way, the quality. it is the quality. Either way, we're at the door of 50 right now. From our great friends at the TAB, lap three, the one and only question. True or false? The Fijian woman put over a hundred and fifty points against Papua New
6: Guinea. True.
1: Straight oh. through. There you go. Congratulations, Zaid. As you quite rightly mentioned, you did go straight through from our very first caller. Doesn't happen often, but well no. done.
5: I've just got a quick que- few questions
6: for you, um, quickly. What do you yes. think about the Māori All Blacks and on their result tomorrow, and maybe Queens, maybe Queensland?
1: I am on Queensland, but that was a week ago. Before I knew Cameron Munster had Munster COVID, yeah. So that's that scares me as far as that goes. Uh, the Māori All Blacks. I was convinced that they would actually lose Game Two, but actually, I think there are. The goings on of Dunedin, I think Ireland are just gonna be so zeroed in on Saturday. I think they'll put out fifteen and they'll tell that fifteen, you've got to last as long as you can. We don't wanna to risk too many of our boys coming off the bench. So for me, the Maldys win again tomorrow and wrap that up. Once again, Zay do, do you know what
6: do you know what they're paying, beef?
1: They are about a dollar seventy, I think, when I last checked, the Maldys. Oh, so they they might be
6: the favourites then?
1: Oh yes, no, no, no. They are favourite. Dollar sixty-two to be exact, Zade. So there's oh, some, okay. there's enough in it for uh, for me anyway. I'll tell you what, I'd get on them, and no doubt Curse will have every power power play under the sun there. I liked so,
3: them when they were outsiders last time.
1: I know they were. It's the odds are pretty much reversed, <laughs> but uh, there you go. Thank you, Zade, and congratulations again on a wonderful. Start to finish victory and drive to survive.
3: Well, um, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Beef. Uh mm. You said you were going to have a word about the questions. Yes. Uh, were they too easy from, from young Jacob?
1: Look, it's tough to criticise a young producer on the way up. Um, but any person that's been across all the sport of the weekend... Pretty comfortable victory, but in saying that, there's a contradiction. I'm Rick Curios.
3: You are Nick Curios. Who's Rick?
1: <laughs> and, and Rick as well. As Dad, <laughs> nah. Nick and Rick. His Uncle, <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Rick. Nah, cheers, um, cheers, Beef.
0: Yeah, um, yeah no, well, you, you told you guys told me to make the uh, questions a bit easier. Because well, so. we
3: couldn't get question one. Yeah, that I mean, one. I Renata, that one
0: was uh, quite hard. So
3: that was yeah. weeks ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was Goldie that that got stuck into me for that one. So you know, I. um took Took it, took it home, and did some homework, and I made them all a bit easier, and that's that's the result, I guess. You
3: well, know, I mean, we want to give it away, don't we? Are you happy with that, or do you want? I mean, we've you got Jacob love, for the whole week, so you
0: know, I
1: love a jackpot, Jacob.
0: Oh, okay, so we're gonna make it. So, <laughs> so Tuesday's we're back to NBA questions. Okay, NBA quiz. <laughs> no, too easy, too easy.
1: Uh, are
3: we? We're no, back to no, NBA I- questions.
1: No, look. I mean, sometimes you meet your match, and Zaid was certainly there today. He was. No doubt about it. Don't
3: don't take anything away from Zade. That
1: was a tremendous tremendous performance from Zade. That was classy. It was. It was very
3: classy. I'd be putting all my money on him if you could. On Zaid? Zade to win it.
1: I think it's only a matter of time before we actually take live odds on the Drive to Survive.
3: We should. We probably should. Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery.
4: Hold on to your seats. It's the Run Home with Kirsten Beeve.
3: Beaver from Brian. Did I hear Stephen was doing tours to Roppongi in Japan, that is. If so, where do I sign up? (laughs) I won't read the last of it.
1: Yeah, look, Brian, was. I did a tour to the World Cup in Japan, um, and we just happened to, I guess on the last night after the final, there was a situation where a few of uh, the loyal servants on that uh, tour group Said, well, where are we going now? And I said, look, it's getting late at night. There's probably only one place to go in Tokyo. So I, I took him to Rapongi. And uh, it wasn't what the basis of the tour was, it was about seeing the semi finals and finals of the Rugby World Cup. But, you know, you've you got to take the good with the bad. And, and sometimes Rapongi is the bad. But I, I haven't run a specific tour to Rapongi. But if there's enough demand for a cursed, um, happy to.
3: Oh, Rapongi after the semi final loss was bad
1: trying to think where I went uh, that night. Uh, probably Rapongi. to be fair. Um, no, actually, we would have had another semi-final the next day to do, so I think I took it pretty pretty easy, Curse, I was nothing but a professional. Lucky. Yes.
3: Lucky for you. There's
1: another text here saying, there's no way Foster's going to make it to the World Cup. I tell you what, it would be massive if there was a change. I think he's still odds-on that he will It be won't
3: there. happen, will it?
1: I can't see it, no. At because- I think there could be some strengthening of his group.
3: Well, Joe Schmidt's coming in now yeah. after this, remember?
1: And he's only technically coming in as a selector, but I think it's becoming apparent that he's going to probably be required on the grass. He is an outstanding coach, a standing record, so it just makes sense. He's already in the tent. Give him a big role, I would have thought.
3: Can you address some of these other messages that we haven't got through, Beef?
1: I certainly can If we were playing uncontested scrums Could we have just left Artie a prop from Richard No, that's the thing Obviously it makes sense to But if there's a prop available To go on the field Even though if it's not their side They have to still play a prop So that's obviously Otherwise you just play another Lucy It uh, goes without saying uh, Graham, have an orange card Non-intentional red card Offences, 20 minutes in replacement player Graham after a weekend it's starting to make A whole lot more sense To me than it, than it did uh, The ref got the calls right The TMO overruled him That's the sad part That's from Dean um, Hi Kirsten Beef Why don't they penalise Every head collision In the rucks Especially when Defending try line Also what about tech, Attacking players Leading with heads And forearms The lords Are hypercritical In the area Tim from the 0-9 Thoughts Tim, you're 100% right there's situations when you're defending the goal line and all you see is a head from an attacking player. So where are you supposed to go then? Um, and, and the head and the forearms leading, it's exactly right. The, the attacking player has all the all the benefits. And dare I say, Kirst, are we going to get to a point sometimes when they lead with the heads deliberately?
3: Well, I just, I just can't believe you said hypocritical. <laughs> Did you hear that, Jacob?
1: That's what the text says. <laughs> it's
3: hypocritical.
1: It's hypocritical of course Sometimes I'm Not, not just hypocritical th- Sometimes I just sound things out As I did as a 7 year old Just to get my learning up to standard I'm still sounding out things for my children so. <laughs> I know, hope they uh, get it right they, uh, Well I'll struggle to <laughs> if,
3: you're if you're saying hypocritical There's no chance
1: Well it's a case of, case of being hypocritical isn't it Kirsten.
3: Well who um, is being hypocritical <laughs>
1: well, Possibly me <be. laughs>
3: Probably uh, me too <laughs>
1: Um, geez, i want to roll with... I've never done so many texts in a row. You're, you're good, good like,
3: at this, Beef. You're good at this. You're I'm talking for this. the next hour. And that's why I... Just, give, just oh. give my voice a break. I've got the Black Fern Show coming up between 7 and 8 o'clock. So do stick around for it. Super inspiring. We've got some great interviews coming up as well.
1: I thought it was just because you were making yourself a cup of tea, that you t- literally... No, t- I've
3: tried something t- new. Today, with my cup of tea, I've tried chai with vanilla flavour. I don't like chai, but I like vanilla.
1: <laughs> well, now you're being hypocritical. There's
3: no oh. milk. Uh, There's only almond milk, soy milk, or coconut milk. Take your pick.
1: It's a very healthy fridge at the moment, I'll tell you that.
3: (laughs) Someone's not doing their job. We'll let the rude dog know.
1: (laughs) Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. I remember a time not so long ago on this very show with a shattered blue heart, you agreed with all of us that a kid had gone missing and wasn't up to it. Oh, how the memory fades as the heart heals, Ken. Not only should he not play, but his brother needs to vacate uh, and move over. That's from PJ. Uh, Very... Very funny, Tex. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not in that camp about a Rico. You're not. You, you
3: think he's 13.
1: I think you persevere with him. He's, he's showing signs for me. And, you know, I think get Anton Leonard-Brown back, interview tour, you just lock them in together, and you will say, right, you guys play every test on this interview tour, and let's just see if we can form a combination here. That's, that's where I think we're going as a midfield.
3: Everyone's got their own opinion, right? Yes. Murray Mextead was on Staffy's show this afternoon, and you can go back and listen to that interview on our ECNZ app as well. And he said, uh, Goodhue and Havili need to be the midfield combination, move Rico to the wing, and, and um, Will Jordan absolutely needs to start. Everyone's Jordan, got their own opinion.
1: Yeah, 100%. Just for me, with that midfield, I just think you lack like the punch. I think we tried that sort of style midfield last year and we struggled to get over the advantage line. Just something I want to touch on quickly before we get hit and you end there on Friday. But the great Greg O'Connor came on. By the way, He gave us four tips. Two in Australia, two in Addington. Two in Australia, they brought home money. One at Addington brought home money. But the one we went against him, sorry, that it didn't win, was uh, his first of the night. It was about race eight. And there was a thing called Emma's Boy in the race paying 26 bucks.
3: Who got on that? Well, Emma,
1: because it wasn't, because it was so rough and you don't bet thinking just because it's Emma's last day that a $26 shot comes in. Unfortunately, I listened to it all the way home on the radio. A $26 shot called Emma's Boy won And just
3: took a little bit of a shine off my Friday night. Well, Jacob got on it.
0: Oh no, I didn't, but I'm I'm just celebrating because I put it in the rundown. Like I did my form that day, so. You're good, Jacob. You're very good.
3: Well, we're out of here. Well, Beaver's out of here, Jacob's out of here. I'm sticking around, but we'll catch you all tomorrow. Thanks for joining us with us. Staying in to watch the sport,
0: let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats.